Hey, Renee, Chris, and Ryan going live. Best podcast, Beauty and the Beast. Sit back and catch a vibe. Oh, yeah, we talking zombies and apocalypses and all those things you like. Going beast mode, and if you didn't know, it's Peter Z up on the mic. Hey, TWD family, grab the snacks about the pantry and subscribe and like them if you can, please. Or those walkers eat you like some candy. Hey, hey, <laughs> okay. You at the right place at the right time. No one does it better. That's the bottom line. Beauty and the Beast. This is prime time. Let's go. <laughs> it just makes yeah. me dance. Is that, your, is that your favorite part? It's the, it's I, I, that intro song. I could I hear it every week, and it just makes me dance. Um, sure, to be here to watch it. Yeah, <laughs> so a little. I keep forgetting everybody can see that. Uh, what is going on? I got a front row seat to that one. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on, everybody? Um, we are back. We are also here with a very, very uh, talented, amazing young man, uh, T.O. Rappelson from AMC's The Walking Dead. And now that the show has come to its finale, we have him coming on and uh, he can open up. He can he can talk about anything now. They finally spill the beans. <laughs> well, better, than, better than spilling the guts, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, you technically did. You so. technically did. He spilled a lot of guts. <laughs> he ate some guts too. That's yeah. true. <laughs> Got the full full treatment. Uh, so, uh, Theo, just to let you know, uh, in our chat, mm-hmm. we have people from everywhere watching. Um, I'm sure Linda will be coming in soon. She's from France. We have Pai, who is from Finland. Um, it only took us six years to learn that she's from Finland. Yeah. We, I, we'd always forget. We're like, Sw- Sweden, um, Switzerland, uh, Finland. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know. Uh, we, guys, Iceland. <laughs> guys, we also have Mike and Chris here. Uh, they're here real quick. They want to stop in and talking about an event that they have going on and also uh, make an announcement. Um, so we are going to let them start off the show. Um, I, I, quick question before we let you guys do your spiel though. Uh, were you happy with the ending of the, of the show? Yeah. Um, I, I've, I've always had a huge walking dead fan. I love all the shows, but the, the finale, the, the work that I think that they put in and, and everything that the actors gave was just amazing. Uh, I believe it was uh, left a little bit open-ended uh, for a future, uh, along with a lot of other people. But it was uh, very well put together. You know, kudos to the actor and actresses. They did a wonderful, wonderful job. And we look to uh, see so much more from some of these guys in the future. What about you there, Abe? Well, I, I, I see it similar... Um, as, as Mike, so it, it, it was interesting. I'm not jumping from my chair, right? And it was it was kind of weird. It, something was missing for me. Mm-hmm. You know, if they want to really close the show, they should have they should have put more into it. My opinion is they just kept a lot of things open because they're doing the spin up. They probably will do another yeah. season in a few years. Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion. Yeah. When you do an end like this. There's something coming up. That's just the feel of it. When you see Rick at the end, like you've seen him, and you see the uh, girls, the young kids, if you'll notice, and I noticed this, I watch everything. 
the like the last four or five episodes, it was an, always an introduction from one of the kids, whether whether it was RJ or whether it was Judith or Ross's little girl. One of them was always speaking in the beginning, and then you see at the very very end her with her brother saying, uh, you know, the future stuff and things like that. So. I see The Walking Dead, a new beginning in the future, and these kid teenagers taking off and taking off where their uh, parents did such a wonderful job. Yeah. I, you know, I, I hope so. Except the one thing that I could say that I was upset about is I found out that there, the alternate ending that they did have written in, in everything was showing the kids older and everything. Um yeah. We shared an article, you know, in our little group here and just were kind of like this. It would have been really cool to see, you know, uh, Judith and, and and all the kids growing up, you know, uh, maybe 10, 10 years later or something like that and um, and see what things look like. But uh, I think the overall feeling, though, was everyone was very satisfied knowing that there are spinoffs coming um, and that, you know, we will get to see Rick and, uh, and Michonne back. Um, but I think the overall, overall feeling of the, of the ending was very positive. So, um, with that, you guys actually have something you want to talk about. You guys are actually going to be putting on a, a, a I don't want to say a convention type event, but it's an event. You want to start? Go ahead. So, so I met, I met Mike a few weeks ago at the finale at the year party. And he talked about this idea of doing an event, and we started talking more again to the shop last week. Um, and we talked more about it in the, in the last days. And uh, he was on the phone like for the next, for the last 10, 12 days um, to collect vendors and um, actors of the show. And uh, it, it kind of exploded more than we uh, anticipated. Mm -hmm. and, that's the what what kind of ended in that we will have Theo as well. What 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 um, concerns me a little bit that we have this little kiddo at the at the event. <laughs> I see myself out, guys. This was lovely. This was it's a great avenue, too. All right, no, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, soccer ball. Then I'll then I'll still show. No, please, no soccer balls. <laughs> yeah. Not for a while. Not no, for a while. Bring one, and then he can autograph it for everybody. I was, more, ta I was more talking about the. Uh, oh. oh my God. You know. And by the way, yeah. you can show everybody. You're you're back to almost 100. percent You're getting there. So 100. percent Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Working on the PT stuff, trying to get the range of motion back. Yep. Uh, it's wild, man. Nobody uh, nobody really teaches that in school that if you break something, that's gonna yeah. be a, it's gonna be a good minute of your your time. Who knew? It takes a while. I've I've. The, the left wrist, I completely shattered. Mm. And, uh, I mean, I went through two surgeries and probably a year and a half of rehab. Mm. Yeah, it was That's bad. Wild. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Oh. <laughs> so much unbelievable. Oh, my. Tio, not you. Not you. Not you, Tio. Yeah. No, Chris. There we go. You walked strong through the hallway. Mm. Eldrill, bud, you did great. <laughs> That's beautiful. Um, I'm, glad I could, I'm glad I could be here for all that. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, what's the what? What are you guys naming this this event? What do you got going on for it? I know that you said Tio is going to be at it, but uh, do you guys have like a name and, and a venue for the one that's coming up? Yeah, we what we did is uh, 
Yes, it's mainly focused on a lot of the Walking Dead uh, characters and celebrities and stuff. And, and by the way, I wanted to thank all of them on here tonight. I've talked to a bunch of them on their cell phones tonight. They'll be listening here tonight. And I wanted to personally thank them for the help that they've given me, the contacts. Uh, I, I went from not being able to talk to any of them. And I've got like 27 of them in my cell phone now. And it's just, it's been amazing. But we're calling it the uh, Abraham's Army, the Walking Dead Deadhead event gatlinburg tennessee uh right now we have uh 22 celebrities committed uh we've got of course tl's going to be there we've got uh, michael cutlets we've got lou temple uh i was on the phone last night facetiming with uh jose Cantella, who's martinez he's going to be there and uh, if you look at the screen, we've got that. We're going to send that over to uh, Beauty and the Beats in the morning to Renee and them, and they can get that on there. But a lot of work's gone into it for a very, very short period of time. And that's what's impressed people is um, you've got people here that think so much of the show and the people that do the show that it really wasn't that hard to put on. It really wasn't that hard to get help. Uh, a simple reach out and they gave more than expected. I wanted to have five or six people and a few vendors just announce a few things and stuff like that. And in two days I had 12 and three days there was 15 and then it just <laughs> exploded to where we had to get more room. And uh, the traffic, I don't know if you all know anything about Gatlinburg, but the traffic there, the people there, it's, it's, it's amazing. And it's shoulder to shoulder. Um, but it's it's going to be something special. We've got to have live music. We've got cover bands from Nashville going to be playing on Friday night and Saturday night. Uh, we've got some people with the escape room that's going to be there. Several vendors, two top specific Walking Dead artists all over the country that are going to be there. Uh, we've got uh, my friend Suki from Florida. She does amazing. Yeah, very amazing. cool. Yeah, she's going to be there. Uh, friend Adrian down there they're going to be just the different people that are going to be there with different things you're not going to have one booth of this and the same thing next to it we've made sure that there was no competition friendly sales between everybody and everybody's going to have something to offer and with an amazing high number panel and uh beauty to beast given the uh the mic on them it's going to be an amazing show yeah yeah, and I, I got to say, um, I, I just found out about this recently that yep. you guys were naming us as the MCs for the event uh, to do the panels and everything, and uh, greatly appreciate you guys. Uh, you know, obviously, you got to work with Renee down at the uh, viewing party, and I know you guys were able to build a rapport there and everything. So we greatly appreciate the opportunity to come and uh, put on a show for you guys. Yeah, you guys can make an interview at the same time as Carlos and me. That will be fun. Yeah. yeah. Be... I was actually Chris. Can we be making the interview with you and Carlos at the same time? <laughs> so, <laughs> Chris, I was telling Pi in the chat earlier, the first time I ever met you was Walker Stalker, New Jersey. And we were at Bar 9 in New York City in Hell's Kitchen. Mm -hmm. And I was already intoxicated yep. <laughs> and i look at chris and i was like 
Yeah. Chris. Is that Michael Kovitz? And he was like, no, you idiot. That's Chris Twoman. We met him 15 minutes ago. I was like, no, it doesn't look like him. It looks like it looks like it looks like Michael Kovitz. And he was like, it's not, I promise you. I'm like, oh. I was telling <laughs> well, good for you. You know, we've we've come a long way from trying to help you find your car in New Jersey. Yes, yes. <laughs> you got a tip. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had a we had to drive Chrissy boy home. It's okay. <laughs> uh, worth a worth an entire pot in itself. Oh, yeah, it is. that was a hell of a night. Oh uh, goodness! I'll post that on on the on the gram whenever you guys want to you know get that interview. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> you let me know. <laughs> so, Mikey, Mike, and Chris, do you guys want to? Oh, sorry, Mike's talking. Go ahead. We're going to have a whole lot of fun in Gatlinburg, guys. We want everybody to come. Like I said, it's uh, the plans are right now. There's still a couple properties and a few meetings left. Uh, Chris and I, uh, we're going to be uh, opening a shop in uh, Pigeon Forge uh, with wow. uh, Abraham's Art. Uh, Walking Dead. We're working on uh, some paperwork with them on uh, selling Walking Dead memorabilia, things like that. Comic book shop with it. Uh, Walking Dead artist tattoo shop in there with it. It's going to be and huge. And we're going to have a, a small, he wants a cafe, the Walking Dead cafe. We're going to have that. And That's it's cool. it's going to be uh, We're looking to get it up and opening if we can get into a space already built. Hopefully, opening it by the summer beginning. Uh, if it's a space we have to build, I've got some investor stuff to sign up on, but uh, just this year. So these conventions, there's to kind of promote that to get the uh, the horror fans back in the in the grooving thing in that area. We're only three hours north of Atlanta, where in. So we're hoping to bring a little bit uh, to the mountain area, and, uh, have a place and a home for these celebrities to come and visit. And, and take off from there. Very cool. I mean, I could say one thing. I mean, when you when you start telling uh, the the Walking Dead fan base that there's an event and it's going to involve the people that they watched every Sunday for the past, you know, twelve years, they will show up in tenfold. So, um, yeah, we mentioned it uh, the other day. It was just well, it was actually an accident. I did it on Twitter. Uh, about <laughs> that time. Three or four commitments. That was it. Uh, and uh, I had just got off the phone with Lou Temple, and uh, he had called me. He's like, "Yeah, that sounds cool. That sounds good." And he gave me a bunch of ideas. Little did I know, when I hung up from him, he was calling the other celebrities, and I didn't have to really invite anybody. I mean, everybody was so given. Till called me, and 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 was like, "Yeah, I want to be a part of that beginning of that." And, we're so grateful, but when we just, I just typed something to, I guess, the wrong friend on Twitter. <laughs> and uh, next day, Chris and I had went to the, uh, to make, or have hotel packages and stuff right there by the convention center. Uh, less than 48 hours later, the lady from the hotel called me. She said, are, are, we're doing this, right? I said, uh, yeah, I guess. She said, I've done got 132 people. Oh, my God. That 
made reservations at the hotel. Less than 40 hours. And I don't even know who the hell these people are. <laughs> <laughs> but guess what, Tail? You've got fans that are coming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's that's exciting. Look, all you have to do is mention that this, you know, and I'm gonna say it because I'm very comfortable. This very handsome young man's gonna be there, and they're gonna come in. They're gonna come in droves, droves, hordes. Meg said they'll come in hordes. Hordes, my They're gonna come in hordes. The twenty dollars I owe you is in the mail. Thank you. Just bail that. Yeah. It's worth every penny. Yeah. Yeah, we can see it. Um. So you guys, do you guys want to hang around for the for the show, or what do you want to do? Do you want to sit and chit chat? I can listen to the show and let him have his day. It's much deserves it. Great job on the show, Tio. Great ending. Uh, great to meet you. Give you a good Smoky Mountain welcome. I'll I'll shake the other hand. Go <laughs> <laughs> the right hand. Go the right hand. I've got a lot of good things to talk about with you, and uh, you've got a warm. As well as Beauty the Beats, like I said, folks, they're going to be a MC of the show. They do an amazing job. Great group of people. They're going to pump the show up for us. Listen to them. Between now, uh, we've got some talks with some other podcasts. Hopefully, going on some other celebrities between now and then. And uh, it's, it's going to be good. It's going to be huge. Very cool. Can't wait. Thanks, yeah. guys. Yeah, man. Yes, thanks for including us. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Seriously, thank, thank you. We appreciate the invite. See you. Take care, guys. Yeah. Good night. Good night. Get out of here. Go. Get out. <laughs> Later. <laughs> oh, goodness. So who, who are those people? <laughs> uh, I just kept going along with it. I didn't. I, I thought you guys. I, I forgot who invited them. I didn't. Yeah, they, uh, How did they get that link? <laughs> yeah, right? It's to be private, you know? It's a, Party crashers. <laughs> I gotta stop posting that everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Did they say the dates? I don't know if they said the dates. Not yet. I don't think so. January twentieth, twenty first, and twenty second. Okay. January twentieth, twenty first, twenty second. Wow, three day event. Okay. Three day event. The Friday, Saturday, Sunday, huh? Well, I guess I'm not for sure now that they said that. Friday, <laughs> like wait yeah. a second. <laughs> twenty. Yeah. I think it's twenty twenty first. Yeah, twenty twenty first. Okay, yeah, okay. the twentieth, twenty yeah. first. Okay. Um. But yeah, he didn't announce everybody. Like he's got, I think, five Reapers coming. Um, I think five Saviors. Um, Chad Coleman, um, Lou, Nick. He said Cudlets. I think Cooper's coming. Um, I don't know, he, every time he calls me, he's got another five more people <laughs> that are coming. So I think right now he's got between twenty-two and twenty-six that are committed. So very yeah. cool. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Theo, you're gonna be with some of the some of your friends, so that's good. No, no, it's always a good uh, chance to get the reunion. No, we we chatted, I think, like, literally last night. Um, so, uh, well, yeah, he was on the phone with you when I called him. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was it was a very surreal call. I guess. Yeah, two phones. He's like Theo and one on the other phone. I'm like, what? Is <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. So we're literally just in the process of you know hammering out details now. But no, I'm I'm really excited. Um, on a uh, personal nerd level, I just really they want to hang out with Michael Cudlitz. Um, I, I hope he's not listening because that's probably weird. Uh, but my like, favorite uh, piece of media of all time was uh, Band of Brothers. And oh, yeah. He's like, a large part of that. Um, luckily, actually, on the red carpet, we had a moment where I got to nerd out to him. So that was, I got most of it out of my system, but it was probably something like 
Yeah, I, I I only met Mike once, and I think it was in Chicago. Yeah, we met him in Chicago. Yeah, we got a picture. Didn't we? Did we get yep, a photo? Yeah, photo of him? Yep. yep, that's that was been the one and only time I've ever had a chance to to meet him. So uh, I'm I'm, you know, uh, when you do talk to him and hang out with him, let him know that Chris from the podcast says hi. I have no idea who you're talking about, but <laughs> He's just, like, yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, yeah like, I, who? What? <laughs> Some guy on <laughs> where? I mean, again, I lucked out because like he still obviously directs on episodes and stuff. Yep. So, like he had just seen freshly all the stuff. Because uh, I mean, you know, even a year ago, had I gone up to anybody from Band of Brothers, they'd be like, "Okay, who are you?" <laughs> I was like, "Yes, you have to know who I am." Okay. So, was, were you? Did he direct any of the shows that you that you did? No, that you, no? no. Uh, mm. I say fortunately and unfortunately. Fortunately, because unfortunately, because obviously, I would have loved to work with him. Fortunately, because I think I would have just made it cool with myself. <laughs> no problem, Bob. This is for you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you say, drill sergeant. Wrong <laughs> show. Have to write this guy off the show really early now. Yeah, it always threw me off watching Band of Brothers and seeing um, Roth from Friends. Yes. Like I don't know why, but I, like I've always been like a World War II buff. I like I always loved history, and World War II was like my favorite thing to study. And partially because my grandfather was in World War II, so it was kind of like had that, had that I had that yeah, history yeah, link to it. And when I watched it for the first time, I'm like, is that Ross? Mm -hmm. Is that what? And then I watched Walking Dead, and I'm like, hold on a second. I went back to it, yeah. and it's pretty, it's pretty cool seeing all those faces. But seeing Ross was, like playing a jerk really threw me off. Which also, um, I'm not sure if you guys have seen this, but my girlfriend was uh, uh, is obsessed with the show Buffy. Um, and Michael Cudlitz is on it as a zombie. I did not know that. Amazing. That is so cool. For a future career. That's ironic, right? It's amazing. No, I mean, it's like a very young Michael Cudlitz. It's really funny. I like the cool thing when you see shows like that is just a who's who of like people playing like you know day players, one episodes, and you're just like, oh my god, that person's like a list. <laughs> Three lines with Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah. Uh, well, a listers at the at the red carpet event. Mm -hmm. Um. What was that? So, what was that whole atmosphere like? Because oh you know, I mean, surround you. It was everybody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I the word I always go back to is surreal. It, you know, you just it, like I I talked to a few friends before going to it, and the thing that just I try to keep in my mind is like just stay present, stay present in this because this is wild. I mean, you know, even 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 if I'm on you know several seasons of a show, there's no guarantee that you're gonna have a red carpet event for a show that has you know been on for 12 years, 11 seasons. I mean, that is, that is a very rare, rare event, no matter you know where I go in this career and hopefully it's all up. But yeah. regardless, it, it, there's, you, you, you have to take those kind of opportunities and just stay in it. Um, and again, the, the part that was so, I think profound for me is because it was, it was a beautiful way for me to also kind of close this chapter um and see it all come to conclusion but it was also wild to watch people that have been doing this for those 12 years yeah. I and mean, i talked to like some guy at amc who was like i got like i joined the network in like september and october is the first episode uh and i've wow. been here ever since so it's gonna be very weird when i'm here still at amc and the show is no longer you know on that on that tv schedule um and so to see these people who obviously have such deep-seated connections and you know this sense of you know, family and especially because there's obviously tons of actors that i never got the chance to work with the thing that i think everybody keeps spouting out and i i would be the first to tell you i thought this was just something that people say 
whenever you're on a new show, but it, mm. they say, you know, oh, it's like a family. Everybody's super friendly. And that really was my experience basically across the board was just, you know, even people I'd never met on that show would walk up to me and be like, hey, man, like, good to meet you. Uh, how are you enjoying the show? In ways where I'm sitting there, but you don't. Right. You don't need to do this. <laughs> I can go stand on the wall. <laughs> I'm not even here. Um, but no, so it was just so, so cool to be a part of that. And, you know, to have just, I mean, I always say, like, I feel like I snuck in on the last, you know, segment of this whole show uh, and lucked out, you know, because obviously I, I garnered a, a, a good response from, I mean, obviously a vitriolic negative response, but that's mm. a good response. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, uh, but, you know, it's like, Never in a million years that I think I would be doing that. And it's like, you know, I, I can tell you where I was when I watched the first episode of the show. So I, mm. you know, I can't even imagine if I could go back to, you know, a really certainly beardless tail uh, in his dorm room and try to explain to him that you're going to be on the final season of the show. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So we're, we're, we, we fast forward all the way to the end. Let's, let's go back to the beginning. Um, where did this process like start for you? You you've been a fan of the show. What about like did, were you ever into the comic books or anything like that? Or so I, I uh, that, that's all. There's the uh, it's hard to do negatively, but that, that's the compendium. <laughs> oh okay, uh, all right. Uh, I so see it. I bought it once I got on the show. Okay. Um, I hadn't read it before. I'd heard about it. I uh, so long story short, I'm super dyslexic. Uh, I very little interest in reading. <laughs> um, I will say there was something very fortuitous about. The first job I ever got where there's like lore, there's like, you know, source material mm -hmm. is a comic book where I was like, hell yeah, let's do this thing. Um, so I, I just devoured it and I was obsessed with the comics. Yeah. I loved so much of it. And there's, I mean, there's large parts that like I've had long discussions, uh, I mean, even with like Greg and be like, oh man, I wish we had this part. Or like, <laughs> when, like in the comics when Carol hugs the zombie and that's how she dies, that's crazy. Um, just all those kind of things. Uh, so I got super into that aspect of it uh, later on. I would say that, yeah, I, I was, I mean, just, utterly obsessed with i think it's like you know i want to say like four or five seasons in i kind of trailed off like a lot of people mm -hmm. but it was one of these cool things that actually kind of was grateful because i certainly just trailed off because I mean, i'm sure you know this experience but like you're watching a show and then a new show comes out and then you start watching that show and then you just stop watching the other show and then all of a sudden there's four or five six seasons and you're like man that's a lot of seasons mm -hmm. and so it was something that was actually really cool to just be like oh you know what not only is this like part of work, but like, I mean, I remember being in like in my apartment, just watch like binging the show and be like, I'm doing this for work. This is crazy. <laughs> nuts. I can't believe that I'm allowed to get away with this. Um, but so it was super cool to like catch up on that. And then just like, I don't know, like talk, I mean, you know, I still chat with like fans on like Instagram and stuff and like about like the last episode of people's thoughts. And yeah. I, I have genuinely become invested both as a part of it. Uh, but also just as a fan of the whole content and, and just so into it. I mean, this show like spurred me into zombies. I like went out and bought World War Z and listened on audiobook. Mm. I should mm. mention that on audiobook. Um, but like was just like obsessed with the concept after that. And that was not something I was ever into before The Walking Dead. Yeah, I just rewatched that the other day. Like, really? Yeah, we <laughs> just decided to pop it on and mm -hmm. forgot how, you know, really good that movie was. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> So let's let's dive into. Was this the first time you had tried to get on the show? Were there other attempts that you would try to get on the show, and you know, previously, or was this like your? I believe there was one or two other attempts. Um, 
So there's a two part of this. One is that a lot of times they send you material that's not even the real material mm -hmm. or like changed a little bit. So you can't really like know where you were in it. The other thing, and I think a lot of actors can um, relate to this. The second I finished that audition, I put it out of my head. I forget about it because I mean, 90 something percent of the time, it's not that I just get a no, it's that I don't hear anything back. Mm -hmm. So I, I got to forget about it because I'm not going to, I'm not going to hear anything. Um, so even like when I got the call from my agents and manager and they're like, do you remember what you auditioned for? I was like, no. Completely. When they're like, do you remember the walking dead? I was like, no, 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 yeah, yeah. But I mean, so I think it was, I believe it was two. I went back at one point and like looked into this. Um, but again, it's like, I couldn't even tell you what those parts were because you, you, you have to almost not be sacred with these things mm -hmm. because if you are, I mean, the letdown, you're not going to stay on screen alone. Yeah. Like, I mean, I can tell you the time when I was whatever, 23, um, and that first like project that I really wanted, and I got into a, a couple rounds of like callbacks and then didn't get it. And I remember like where I was when I had to pull over to the side of the car to pick up my sister and just like cry for a second and just be like, man, like, I wanted that one. And like, you know, really like kind of taking the lesson of like, you've got to just be able to go with the knocks because so much of the time you're never going to hear anything back. Um, and so, you know, this was clear, I mean, this was classical reviews. I, I sent it in, I felt good about it. You know, I thought it was a good audition, but I also was just like, there's, I mean, how many people in the world auditioning for this show on any given one episode, let alone one character? Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm happy I got to audition. Yeah. <laughs> so like when you get that call back, what, what exactly, like, what, what are they, what's that whole thing like for you? Like you well, finally so got I, that call I back. I had a very surreal Thing with this which is that there was no callback uh it was oh. just about almost two weeks or so from the point that i sent in the audition i uh, to be perfectly candid had recently had a discussion with my manager where i had basically had one foot out the door of acting um i was working on two political campaigns in queens new york uh this is like the local of the local city council yeah um, because during the pandemic obviously there was very little to audition for and more than anything prior to this I've had a lot of success with like commercials, voiceover, things that pay my bills, but it's not why I became an actor. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously it's, you know, like if I book one of those things, I am so happy to be there. But obviously part of it is like, I wanted, I trained all this time and put in all this work because I wanted those arcs. I wanted those stories. I wanted these interesting characters. Um, and I'd had that discussion with my manager. I don't know how much longer I can stay in this game. I'm going to start probably considering working on this political campaign more full time. Um, and so I got this audition, you know, put this in at like 10 p.m. at night. My girlfriend is the one who literally was like, do it again. That one wasn't good enough. Do it again. You're better than that. And I'm, you know, being surly and crotchety because I just had a like, good canvas in Queens, New York, which is anywhere near here. You can imagine uh -huh. what that is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But send it in. Fast forward to I'm literally about to uh, go phone bank, <laughs> like, you know, go on my computer on Zoom and just be calling numbers to chat about the upcoming election. Which again, anybody can tell you is not something you're normally looking for. It's, it's a labor of love because you want some change, but not not excited about it. And I get a call from my manager, and she already called twice. Um, and some of these things where a lot of times I think like in the beginning you're like, oh, I bet this one's for Scorsese. Like I bet they're calling about this. But a lot of times it's like, hey, we're trying to upload something. Remind me, like you know, which where which document do you want or what show we want? So there's so many calls that are just arbitrary. Um, finally, I pick up the phone. I'm like, hey, I don't have that much time. What's what's going on? She's like, you're going to want to make the time. Wait on the line. I'm getting on the agents. Mm. Um, and the first thing they said to me is, we only ever get on the phone if it's like terrible news, like we're dropping you or it's great news. Oh, you think that's frightening. Yeah, it's oh, great. Yeah, that's horrible. <laughs> I, I luckily have a good rapport with them. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I'm 
I'm feeling confident. I'm feeling like that would be a really ballsy way to be like, so we're dropping you. Yeah. <laughs> By the way. Surprise. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and then they were like, do you remember what you auditioned for? No idea. Um, and then obviously Tommy Walking Dead. And at this point, uh, it was only guaranteed three episodes. So a big thing that you know happens with these kind of shows is obviously somebody like Angela Kang has a very clear idea of where she wants things to go. But what I do find very cool is they're still very malleable. They're willing to see how they get there. So, you know, people talked about how like um, Yumiko and Magna uh, weren't originally supposed to have mm-hmm. a kiss yeah. uh, in the last episode. And that was something they fought for. So there's those kind of moments where they will change things as they go. And it was always left like the possibility was open-ended that there could be more episodes, but it was just guaranteed three. Um, so I think it was also one of these things where when I got on it, there was kind of just a sense of like, what do I have to lose? I already right. put out the door and, you know, I, I genuinely had a blast with this audition. Like I, I just, it, the, the audition scene was basically uh, the scene where Eugene punches me in the face. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, you know, it's literally me like stepping off the ground to, uh, you know, say that you ruined my day with my girlfriend. You know, <laughs> I'm jerk to this person. <laughs> Super fun. Um, at some point, I actually would love to like just post out the audition because it, it, it's just one of these things where like, you know, obviously now we're hindsight, you, you, you see it as the end result, but at some point this was one of, I mean, I can't even think how many tapes mm-hmm. uh, this casting office uh, was getting that day. And was, was like, <laughs> choose this guy. That's awesome, man. So, I mean, that, that right there, so you get the news, um, your first day, you know, on, on set, what's, you know, let everybody like, was that like, kind of like a, uh, I mean, everyone says that like they never fanboy, but like inside they're screaming kind of thing. Um, I mean, I I was I was I, I don't think I was like yet able to fanboy because I was just so scared. <laughs> I was terrified. I mean, you know, again, like you're, you're being flown out to to Georgia. You're on this huge show that just has. I mean, you know, I, I mean by now like legacy to it um, to finish off the show and then add to it. By now, obviously, I'm very well aware of the fact that I'm playing. A character from the comics so there's just there's already a lot of weight uh right. so my first day is literally just uh there's like a quick moment where you meet me before you actually see that scene with um where eugene punches me where we're walking by a group of them it's like um uh, uh princess and eugene um and <coughs> mercer is like leading us and me and my girlfriend and i could say something like oh they, they smell so awful as we walk by um and I finished that day and went home and it was just like, I, I don't even remember the job. Like I was blind the whole way through because I was just terrified. <laughs> and luckily in between that day and the next, I had one quick fight call with uh, Josh uh, McDermott, who's Eugene, um, just because obviously it is, I mean, to their credit, very safe show. Uh, even something as simple as just, you know, me getting bopped in the face, mm-hmm. we're gonna set aside time, make sure that everybody feels safe with it. There's a double on set if we need them. Um, and Josh, I, I I will probably do this in every single interview I get because I can't stress it enough. Um, the second we finish the table read of the first script, uh, like the second I close my laptop, I get a ding on my phone. It's a text from Josh McDermott. He's like, hey, this is my number. Welcome to the family. If you ever need anything, like, don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, so then we're doing this fight call. I'm like, hey, by the way, thank you so much for, for sending that. You, that. That really meant a lot. And obviously, like, I've, I've worked on tons of sets. I've never received any kind of message like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't expect you. I don't. I don't think that like you have to do that. Um, but he just had this beautiful speech because I, you know, kind of confided, "Hey, like I gotta be honest, I'm kind of terrified." <laughs> and he was like, "That was me when I first got on the show." Uh, Andy Lincoln came literally down from Atlanta to set to welcome me and give me kind of the same speech I'm giving you right now, which is just like we're as good as our 
weakest parts and that's why we raise each other up here instead mm. of trying to put anybody down um i will always be trying to do my best work to help you and support you i'll try to give you good choices uh in that first scene i was doing a lot of like response and giving him a lot of stuff on over my shoulder so it's not my footage it's his footage we finished we're gonna go into a flip and i did like one take and he came up to me he's like hey dude that thing you did in my coverage you should do that in yours that was a good that was a good choice i liked that a lot and right. I, I want them to get that don't just do it to help me so it was even like him just like pushing me to 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 make choices and go further because there is a sense of like i just don't want to get fired it's the it still feels like the first day we could easily write it off as like and that was a pompous boy who we never heard of <laughs> he said one thing i got eaten by a zombie <laughs> off screen like there's like oh apparently the governor is very distressed today her son got eaten by a zombie do you remember that kid that you punched in the face yeah he's dead um, <laughs> four episodes later we don't remember his name <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. That's that's always running through my head, especially in that early segment. And I don't think it even actually really uh, kind of sunk in for for a while. I mean, I definitely like I remember um, it's like eleven fourteen is the episode where I'm with Daryl and Rosita, and we're on this like hilltop uh, looking over, and I'm I'm demanding that they go mm -hmm. uh, get my money from this like vault. Yeah, uh, and <laughs> that was the first like big, big, big you know monologue where like the scene is basically just me explaining what's gonna happen to you guys now um and, and it's hard because i mean to make that sound natural because it's literally just me being like i need you to go do this 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 and this mm -hmm. but we need it to be interesting and fill up you know three minutes of television and not you know, <laughs> we're like okay well, that's obviously what's gonna happen now um and it was just kind of the first moment where i was like all right you know what like i feel like i'm, I'm taking space on this set uh you know i had a really cool talk with norm that day i've just kind of you know, feeling more grounded and feeling like, okay, this is my character. And it was around that time that I had kind of a, a cool moment of going like, oh, you know what? I'm turning into the eminent scholar on Sebastian. Mm. On all things, Sebastian, when it comes to this show, it goes through me. You know, I mean, obviously, like, I'm still having, I'm reading the scripts like anybody else, but I can now have these discussions. You know, Denise was on set. I remember talking to her at one point about some thing I say in a scene. I was like, hey, like, I don't, I don't know if I would actually say it like that. Maybe like something like this. And she was like, it's awesome. Let's go with that. Yeah, and it was very supportive, and again, that just speaks volumes to this show that it it really was something where you know it's so highly choreographed. It has to be with so many moving pieces at once, hundreds of people on set. Not to mention the budget, but then yeah. also still somehow maintains room for like you know natural growth and natural things to just occur in the moment, and people to go, oh, you know what? That's more interesting than anything we you know had thought of earlier. Mm -hmm. Let's let's do that, um, and that that. I feel like that thing kind of spawned many times while I was while I was on the show. Have you ever gotten? Oh, go ahead. So your description, like, what was the description of Sebastian to you? Or like, I, I don't know. Sometimes you get it ahead of time without the name or something like yeah, that. So yeah, what yeah. was your? Um, I'm like almost want to pull it up, but I feel like it's going to take forever to get to my uh, email. Yeah. But essentially, it was like this, like you know, smug, arrogant uh, kid who was like, "Mother is super powerful." Uh, <laughs> And, you know, think like, you know, absurdly like, you know, like douchey preppy guy. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so like, I mean, for the audition, it was just like me in a white button down, you know, that's like hair disheveled as probably not dissimilar to now. Maybe I try to come up a little bit more. <laughs> but like a lot of the names weren't even the same names, like the characters sure. that I'm talking to. Um, and so it's something like that. But I remember also having discussions with Denise about, uh, because I'm I'm getting episode by episode. Mm -hmm. oh, sorry, um, I'm getting episode by episode, so I I'm learning about this character as we're going. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's, you know, in the very beginning, I'm like, okay, I had this one pompous sushi scene. God, say no more. And then it was in the second episode, we had already shot the banquet stuff, um, you know, where like uh, the the trooper uh, comes mm-hmm. up and like grabs Max. Um, we already shot that. And like, you know, when I just have a beautiful moment, we're like, oh, yeah. Um, and then <laughs> we're going to shoot uh, the, the, um, uh, special uh, 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 weapons and trainings uh, segment, mm-hmm. um, but it was kind of the first moment where I was like, "Oh wait, like I don't yet like because I've already done the like you know repugnant, angry, screaming guy. Like what do we what do we see here? Because otherwise <laughs> this could just be so much the same scene. And like luckily uh, the director I was working with you know had some really cool ideas. But one thing was just at the very end when we, I see my mom, we had the first glimpse of like, oh, mm-hmm. that's that's the level of uh, hierarchy here right. and we've already seen that i am you know so high up it but now we finally see where the buck stops mm-hmm. and so you know those kind of moments were happening somewhat um, spontaneously for me as the actor as well it wasn't until later i would say maybe like three or four episodes in that i'm starting to now go okay i i have ideas of who this guy is maybe i'll still you know get thrown for a loop on something like um the episode where they find me like hidden out because everybody's you know knows that i've done what i've done i've jars of piss and yeah <laughs> and it wasn't pee <laughs> most of them weren't greg nicotero who was directing that episode uh it was a really cool moment because he also was like the first who i felt like um kind of started trusting me with a little bit of like what's going to happen next and it was like the next you know episode we're going to have a cool moment where like you're on a stage and you're kind of talking to the whole town about what you've done and so what we want to see in this scene because we'd already like run it once um and i just was like very angry at them and very like just like uh like sorry for myself mm-hmm. he's very upset and sorry for myself and he was like i want to see a little bit more of the kid who's in over his head mm-hmm. um that this is a little more gray than just oh like everything's wrong to me, um, which was great because I, yeah. the second I heard that, I was like, oh yeah, that makes so much sense. We haven't seen that flavor yet. It's going to, you know, it, it, it adds a layer. And to a bigger point, I think that's something that I love about this show is that it's always been very moralistically gray. Um, you know, even, I mean, it, you know, I had people messaging me being like, I hate, like I hated your character, I hated your character. Mm-hmm. But even in that last moment when you're dying, after that speech, I was like, man, was there a chance? Like, <laughs> you could have been a better person. And I was so grateful for that because that was something that was like very heavily, you know, that's something I thought through a lot and wanted to kind of like leave because again, that was something I loved about the show so much that I wanted to leave some ambiguity with this guy of like, who knows? I mean, again, he might've just continued down the same rabbit hole, but we at least saw for the first time something that appeared a little bit more genuine that Mm -hmm. wasn't like, you know, arrogant pompous, but actually like I'm, I'm, I'm aware that I have some mantles here that I have to (laughs) try to rise to. And I, I think that's usually like the biggest um, kudos for uh, one of the biggest kudos is the fact that like, obviously no one who, who is a fan has never, you know, we didn't know you before the show. Yeah. And then we see your character on the show and obviously everyone hates you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe you, not everybody, but you know, you're not liked by the, there's a broad spectrum. Of that one. I mean, even at the camp when we're on the stage, you know, I called Sebastian a weasel and you were like, well, hold on a second. You could have used some less harsh terms. Okay. You know, so <laughs> he, you know, Sebastian had feelings too. Um, exactly. I felt that neck. That <laughs> My favorite description is, uh, 
Norman Reedus said they were talking, it was Norman Reedus and Josh McDermott talking, and they, they started calling you Sebastian. Sebastian. And <laughs> compared you to yes. James Spader's character in Pretty in Pink. And I was like, yes, that is who Sebastian is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, I got to give him credit. That was, that was pretty spot on. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact that you can, you, you are you. And you are you're a fantastic human being, you know what I mean? And then it's a credit to your acting ability to be able to turn a switch on that we never knew or you know we don't see and be able to portray that and in, in you know in a character, you know, and make people be like, Man, he's really cool, but what an asshole on this show. <laughs> I mean, when we met you at the camp in May. You know, yeah. I, I met you with Renee, and you were you were at your booth, and it was I think it was actually the last day, and so we were talking or whatever, and I, I walked away. We walked away from you. I looked at Renee, and I go, "Wow, I really feel bad about hating him." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "He's so sweet. He's such a nice guy." Dio, Dio, man. <laughs> no, that that's and look, that means the world, and obviously, like I don't take that. Uh, lightly because no that I mean that 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 is a really really beautiful compliment um i i like will never forget the moment where like uh, a different uh woman who who had stepped in for uh like hair and makeup that day was like hey so we haven't worked together i've heard from everybody you're you play just the meanest person on that set but you're such a lovely guy mm -hmm. like, wow all right hopefully yeah. that continues um, <laughs> but no i mean you know again with something like this it's just you know it's i i i i've spent years uh training and practicing and working on other things and you know for this exact kind of moment mm -hmm. um for these kind of opportunities and something like this is just it's the best i mean that that moment where i was on that hill talking to uh, uh to norman christian uh there was a moment where we were flipping the camera i was just sitting on the hill it was a beautiful gorgeous day and i remember just sitting there and being like you know what like if i had a few of these every you know year i'm not talking about like this scale just just working on on parts like this i, I would ask for nothing more like, right. this is this is truly what i've been wanting to do since i was a little kid and you know to be at that point and doing those kind of things is is indescribable and to show up to a set and be an unmitigated prick to everybody the minute they yell cut great job you just like the icing on it, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I can do that to Michael James Shaw. He's, yeah, can't ask for much more. And um, going through the chat. Sorry, I'm going through here, yeah. and I'm just I got some questions and stuff from from some of the the viewers. Um, Zay wants to know uh, which was the most hardest scene for you to do, um, and I'm I'm guessing she just means as as you as an actor was there. Mm -hmm. You know, a transition for you personality-wise to get into that, or just a scene that was difficult in general. I mean, I think there was so. I mean, and I don't say this lightly. This was just one of these weird characters where I, I got him at some point. Which I mean, it sounds weird because he's a pretty successful human being. <laughs> but I, I think at an early point, um, so I, I'm a huge proponent that unless you're you know playing like. A, a minion of, of Satan, you're probably not actually pure evil. Mm -hmm. You're, you know, you're a human being who has desires and needs, and you are the protagonist of your own story. Um, and so I think I had kind of just felt like I, I had found what made him tick. A lot of that was the the fear of, of, of uh, maybe he just wasn't right for this to begin with, but unfortunately that wasn't his choice. You know, he's kind of born into a Kennedy legacy. Mm -hmm. And so everything he's ever done is under a microscope and he doesn't necessarily want to be doing this stuff, but he, can't really do anything else 
uh, I would say the one that honestly was just like, I was like technically the most stressed for was my, my, my death. Mm-hmm. Like when I get my neck ripped open, because it takes an hour and a half to put that on. And then we sit down and like, I remember talking to uh, the guys and just being like, all right, so like, I just like to always run through what happens like for any, like, you know, act of God, thunder comes down. We have to redo this. What, what do we do? And it was like, let's just get him on the first show. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Okay. Figure right. guns. Cool. Cool. <laughs> I just want to say I love consistency because you're not the first person that we've interviewed yeah. who had a death scene right. that said the exact same thing. They were like, what happens if we don't get on the first try? Yeah. It's like, yeah, let's get on the first try. <laughs> Everything else I've done on that show, I've had some amount of training that I think could, could prepare me for that. Mm-hmm. I've never, well, I've never died on a TV show, but also I've never died in such a gruesome way that takes yeah. an hour and a half to set up. Because again, this is separate of money. This is about time and like just the hours in a day. So therefore, like if I take an hour and a half to do this, set everything up, maybe that's another hour, we shoot this thing, it flops. You got to whisk me over, get me washed off, take off this thing, which takes about another hour to put on, dry me off, get me the hair and makeup, get me back to the VFX trailer. In the meantime, you had all these other scenes that you're supposed to do today, which mm. are not going to get done now. Mm. So there's just there's an aspect that is like separate of of, of like time is money of just like when are we all doing this again? Like are we are is, are we coming in on on another day? And, and I don't think the crew is going to be so smiling when I show up to set. I mean, how heartless of Judith too. I mean, she shoots the walker but doesn't take care of you know Sebastian. And you know, it's like I was like, wow. All right, you're gonna let them reanimate. That's that's pretty heartless of you, Judith. At least, at least she was the only one who even tried to do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, the other people are just standing there like schmucks. I do, <laughs> but to, you know, Steve, it's Teo's point, right? Everybody's a protagonist of their own story, right? And yeah. so, like, you know, I I I love the fact that this happened too. But we we said it before in previous shows because we break down the episodes. And we I don't, and we've said it about Negan, right? I mean, he's yeah, yeah, you know yeah. in his own story, he's the hero. I mean, mm-hmm. people came into his one of his his stations yes. and killed his people in their sleep. Uh, who was the villain? Reckon his yes. group. Exactly. And same thing. I think that Pamela and I think Sebastian, in their own mind frame, thought they were doing what was right and they were keeping the Commonwealth safe. And if they right. if they lived a lap of luxury, a life of luxury, then you know, oh well, at least yeah. they're keeping people safe in their own way. Precisely. Well, but I mean. Somebody asked me that. I was like, "Isn't this like a like a moralistically like duplicitous society?" And I was like, "Well, answer me this: like, how many of the people in this society have not even had to fight a zombie? And how long they have yeah. Halloween costumes of zombies? Yeah. Like, sure, there is. We're back to socioeconomic brackets, which like isn't my cup of tea. But uh, I mean, it beats the crap out of just about every other society yep. in the show in a <laughs> lot of metrics. I mean, yeah. everybody has a home. We have what like." You know 50k people i mean there's, there's nothing that compares yeah so there is i think that's always the, the beauty of the show is there there is there's rhyme behind everything there's rhyme and reason behind all decisions so negan is a prime example and i love obviously his arc on that whole thing um because we get to see like what what does redemption even look like can you can you be redeemed <laughs> right you know right especially because he had that scene with maggie where where she was like you know you're the villain or whatever and you know and, and, and to summarize yeah. it and he was like well hold on you 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 and your people broke into my into my community yeah. killed yeah. my people in their sleep who was yeah. the villain you mm-hmm. know and i love seeing that translate mm-hmm. on screen because it was just like wow you know it's a 
the Walking Dead runs in such a linear fashion, you know, um, fashion the way that it, it, it and its thought process, and then it, to kind of throw that for a loop to be like, well, you know, I think that's what the whole season honestly was about for me was, you know, maybe the good people aren't the good people, or they're not, you know, maybe it's not so black and white. Maybe there is a lot of gray here. Yeah, and I think that I think that I think that you and I think um, I can't remember her name to play Pamela Lila. Oh, Lila, yeah. Lila. Um, you know, I think you guys did a phenomenal job of showing that, like, it's not that simple. It's not black and white. It's not right or wrong. There's there's yeah. so so much gray to explore. Yeah. No, I mean, I couldn't, couldn't agree more. Uh, I do want to... Oh, go ahead. No, I do want to let him know that Sebastian was, was cared for, actually, through going through our chat. A lot of people said that you were misunderstood. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, um, said they didn't hate him. They yeah. That's the that's the ground up, baby. Miss, ground up. Not hating you is halfway to liking you. Remember just, that. Just, <laughs> just, <laughs> they, yeah. So Pi, who we told you was from Finland, she has a theory about Sebastian. Yeah. <laughs> he, is, he is actually the son of Gregory and Pamela. And she Ooh. wondered what you think about that. That's <laughs> awesome. Um, so I'm always I, good at crazy theories, and she I, loves she loves Gregory. She loves Xander Berkeley. So yeah, that, that, that Finland spirit right there. I'm not Swedish, so believe me, I I, I know all about the Finns. They're, they're, they're um, I remember talking to uh, uh, Josh Hamilton about it. He was like, "Could it be Lance?" And it was funny because I think even he was kind of like hoping I'd be like, "Maybe Dad." And I was like, "No, it's not him." I was like, "No." There was. It's funny because obviously we, I think we look somewhat alike. Like I could buy yeah. it, but uh, yeah, I can see that. Um, so for me, and I talked about this with Lila, and this is, again, this is one of these things where they give you a lot of license. You know, mm -hmm. there's a moment where I say to Max in that last episode before I'm uh, undead, uh, that like, you know, it should be my brother here. Um, and I remember talking to Lila about like, you know, me, I, I was just curious, like, did you think it should be a brother? Do you think it should be a sister? Um, and she had had a whole background and a reason behind why she wanted to be two boys. Hmm. And I was kind of like, yeah, let's run with that. And so for me, a lot of it was also just around the father figure, not being somebody that we've seen, but being somebody who very much exemplified a lot of that, you know, crappier side to male behavior, mm -hmm. very much like, you know, you got to take what you want and be a man. And maybe in the beginning of the apocalypse, that's what did so well for him. And got us to the point where we could be safe and maybe you know his his uh dying was you know in 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 defense of us so there's kind of this last bit of like okay that's what a man is supposed to be and mm -hmm. so for this i mean boy at the end of the day this boy who is still figuring out what a man is and, and i i say man because obviously that's his uh sex in this case but like being an adult what it looks like having responsibility having people who look up to you and having had in my opinion, a pretty skewed version of that, both from mother and father, because obviously mm -hmm. I think we see a great moment with that when you compare it with um, how Daryl and Judith have that kind of conversation when she's like run off from him. And he basically comes to her to say like, yeah, like you, you need to take space. Like, I'm, I'm not going to tell you, like you, I, I'm, I'm, I'm upset with you for having not told me where you were and that that scared me, but I'm not upset at you for needing to take space and mm -hmm. you're not wrong about what you're mad at me for. I'm making a very difficult decision and maybe you're right. And that's 
you know, juxtaposed to my mom, who was basically like, this is what you're going to do. And that's been kind of the yoke. So that was a very long way mm -hmm. to go around and say, I personally had gone off on a different trajectory, but I do love that. I do love that. And maybe, maybe someday I'll, I'll hit up Angela Kang. Like, what do you think? <laughs> you do Tales of the Walking Dead episode. Right. Yeah. I'm not going to say no. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, it's really funny because I think, Chris, I think you were starting to go down this path, but we actually had a conversation with Josh. And so we were explaining to him that we had this theory. We had, we had a, a, a long car drive. We had a good conversation with Josh. Mm, yeah. And so we're talking to him and we had this theory and, and I, I could go back and pull it up on our, on our podcast, but we were kind of fleshing out theories of the relationship between Pamela and Lance yeah. and, and how that played a part. And one of the things that all four of us kind of cumulatively agreed upon in our show when we we're breaking down the episodes was that it seemed like there was some kind of maybe like childhood history there. Like maybe they grew up together. Maybe, you know, Lance's father worked for Pamela's father and this whole that's, and that's how the you know, yours and Pamela's family was connected to Lance's family. Yep. And yep. so he was kind of blown away because, you know, he was saying how, he was talking with Lila and that was kind of like the, the route that they were going for in those scenes together. Yeah. And that like kind of Lance always pined for Pamela and, and, mm -hmm. and she kind of struck him along knowing that. And yeah. that's what that whole last scene was about was when she saw him clawing at the yeah. gate and then she, yeah. you could see the heartbreak in her eyes. And so when we, when we told him that obviously we hadn't seen the finale yet, but he would, he, he was like, he goes, your theory makes a lot of sense. <laughs> and we're mm -hmm. like, and he goes, you guys really thought that? And we're like, yeah, that's a, that was a belief that we had. And he was like, I, I can't believe you guys were able to get that from just watching. But again, that's a credit to you guys and the way you guys play it. Yeah, well, I, but I mean, it's also, it's a credit to the stakes that like there is an audience base that is that is following it so closely. Because, you know, there's plenty of television out there that people turn on and leave on in the background. You know, they just watch it without thinking about it. And this is a show where so much of that fan base comes to you know any like any convention you know, Instagram anywhere that I see and is coming with like these deep seated theories that have like yeah. very good reason behind it. It's not just like oh, I think Rick is his father. It's like, <laughs> like, there's a very interesting yeah. reason for how they got to the point they're at. And you know I had people writing to me uh, on you know Instagram and all that stuff after my death and like kind of talking me through like what they thought about that last speech. And I was sitting there being like I I have like I, I probably threw away by now, but like in my script, my like beats of the scene, my notes, and they're almost like exactly verbatim. Like that's what I'm trying to do. And like, that's again, cool. that is the height of an honor to be like, okay, that landed. But it also speaks volumes to the fan base that is sitting there and watching this stuff because, you know, at the end of the day, any one of these scenes, they can breeze by and they can yeah. be done. And, you know, you could easily be forgiven for just being like, oh, that was a speech scene and then he got killed. Um, and instead of like really decoding it, be like, ooh, okay, okay, no, he was, he was, he was starting to you know, maybe turn a bend. Who knows? Mm -hmm. um, where I, I was, I was just, I was just glad to be there. I, I was not, was shocked that anybody was was decoding anything with me. You're right. I think there's this, this really cool synergy between like you guys as the actors and the writing and just the way that it's portrayed on screen. Um, is that it does help us to translate very well. I mean, I've never had a TV show before where I sat there with a notepad and I took notes. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously I do it because you know, this is my passion is the podcast and breaking the stuff down. Um, but having conversations like I had with Josh and I'm having with you now and just talking about, well, you know, I, I had another thing with Cooper Andrews, right? And we're sitting down, we're eating food at, at the camp <laughs> and, and we're talking and I was like, hey, you know that scene? I was like, you know, were you really going for this kind of feel? 
And he was like, dude, that's exactly what I was trying to do. <laughs> and it was so cool because he was like, I can't believe that you got that. You know, and it, yeah. it, it was just cool to break it down, be able to break it down with you guys and have you guys be like, you know what? I didn't say it, but that's that's what the feel I was going for. And and, and kind of for you guys confirming that is just really kind of really surreal for me. <laughs> well, but, but don't, I mean, that goes both ways. It's surreal for us as the actor because, you know, I, I, I was saying to somebody who asked me, like, what's um, – what's one of like the biggest like lessons you learned from this whole show and a big thing for me was before because obviously i'd filmed most of this stuff before anything really come out i think really the only thing because i'm only in that first uh, the second to last episode of the first section mm -hmm. and so i had a long break before anything else was coming out while i'm still filming some very big stuff and i kind of had a point where i had to make peace with the fact of like i got to put my seal of approval on this thing that i like what i did even if there is a you know an article and like Hollywood reporter that's like Sebastian is the worst character ever seen. <laughs> like, I have to still be like, okay, well, I, I thought it was all right, but you know, okay. <laughs> but there, there's a sense of like, I, I gotta put my seal on this. I gotta make these choices and and stick with them. Um, and so you know, so easily it could turn where audience was like, oh, are you just trying to be an unmitigated prick to the very end? And I'm like, no, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to do that. Uh, so for for as the actor to have somebody come up and be like, was it this? And be like, yeah, yes, yes, it's huge. That's that, that. Similarly, I think it's a very on the opposite end of it, but it's a very similar version, of just surreal. You're just like bowled over that anybody was paying attention and 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 grasped the way that you were hoping to send it off. Because again, also you filmed this months and months and months ago. Yeah, you're you're you've gone on to you know eight crises of your life and freaking out about this and that and you know hoping on this thing and all the other things that come with life in between that show and then coming back to it and then having that and be like wow, that's exactly where my headspace was yeah. hmm. back in Snoya. um not not to you know make your you know head and ego any bigger about you know you playing sebastian but you're getting there's so much love for you in this chat i'm like literally i'm like literally i'm reading this and i'm like like so linda linda Jesus, yeah <laughs> linda's out in france and linda for her, her question is she wants to know what your favorite scene was to shoot but besides that she <laughs> says statement yeah she says pamela deserves to die for sure <laughs> not sebastian that's why i'm upset with max and eugene mm. so like you got a ton of love man like for like you know Look, everybody has their own vision of each character, right? So yeah, in some people, you were just a misunderstood, very spoiled little brat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, and like, don't, don't get me wrong. Like, I mean, in the end, it's eight episodes, six episodes where I'm alive. That yeah. is an honor that in six episodes, I could elicit that in, in people and, you know, build it to that point where somebody has those opinions. That, mm -hmm. that really, like, that is something that I remember talking with one of my best friends who have gone through all of acting school with about that kind of topic. Because again, like, the amount of auditions that I've done on this closet door, including for The Walking Dead, mm -hmm. that nobody will ever see the light of day. Nobody will ever see these things. I, I can't even describe it. Some of the best work I've ever done is on that closet door. And, you know, I didn't hear anything bad. And yeah. so we've worked on those kind of things. And so to be at that kind of point and receiving that kind of uh, feeling is, is, is it's indescribable. It really, it, it has been like, I, what I always say is no matter where my career leads, hopefully it's on to more incredible projects. But this will no, no matter, you know, if I'm in Star Wars 87, 
as <laughs> Jedi. God, please um, no. As, as Palpatine too. Um, <laughs> please, please no. Great, 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 grandson of Palpatine. Yeah, that's like saying, please let there be like a... a... It's not, it's not a grandson <laughs> yeah. of Palpatine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even force choke people. I have somebody else do it. Yeah, right, right. It's like, I, I can't like, be bothered. Ah. <laughs> I've got people for that. Yeah, yeah exactly. But yeah. even with all that, this would still be one of the biggest highlights ever. Um, so, so that is, you know, just undoubtedly the case. Um, and when it comes to, to, I mean, those kind of, you know, feelings of like that maybe another character wronged you, I'm like, hell yeah, because that's how I'm supposed to When I read that, I was like, man, I hate these guys. <laughs> and I love them both. Like, both of those are awesome human beings. Margo is an incredible human being. Uh, Josh, I could live without, but you know, what are you <laughs> um, but no, but it, it was, you know, it, it, so that means the world seriously to, to hear that kind of stuff and and in terms of what was one of my favorite scenes to shoot i honestly the the speech in the ring because mm-hmm. um, my girlfriend's out right now but she'd be laughing hysterically but all I, like all i wanted to do is like portray a kennedy and do that kind of like, <laughs> speech moment and so when i got this i was like <laughs> here's my chance <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. this is it this is it gotta swing um but it, it was just so much fun to like really you know mind that thing read it through you know rehearse it in a mirror at home and you know be like okay what is that i'm when is the moment that i'm realizing you know because i have a moment where i drop the pad where i'm like i'm not going to speak from this i'm going to speak from the heart and what does from the heart look like you know how how quickly off the cuff is this when does he start to like hit a rhythm versus when he's still trying to figure out what to say and those like glances to max uh i i was just obsessed with because they it really, it really turns from anything that looks like ah, I've, I've won again to like, I hope you're proud of me. I, I, cause you were the first person who stood up to me and called me an a-hole and, you know, told me what it was and I didn't have guilt. I, I took that lesson to heart and I just did it. And so that was just a lot of fun to have such a cool 180 moment in, and also just be in the wrestling ring. <laughs> <laughs> That's the last time I'm going to be in wrestling. So. <laughs> I've jumped into the ring like Shane McMahon like 84 times. <laughs> constantly just like between the ropes. They're like, cut. <laughs> Good old Shane O'Mac. Cut. You want the exit. I was like, yeah. don't, don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, stop. He's like, going like this. The Johnson, pulling the John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, everybody can see you, Tail. This is an embarrassment. <laughs> you said you talked to him about this. Yeah, right? <laughs> You cannot be one of the wrestlers. Greg sat him down. <laughs> sat him down. And, and that's when they wrote your death. That's it. Get Gimple on the phone. <laughs> you're supposed to be in the last episode. Was the I really, yeah. I, I, it was when I brought in my like Rey Mysterio man. That was the final straw. All right. <laughs> like, take the mask off. Put this prosthetic on. Sit yeah. over there. I'm not going to die, right? No, 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 no. <laughs> It's a flesh wound. You're fine. Don't worry. You will, you will stand up from this. Okay? Yeah. You will stand up from this. There was actually some comments, too, uh, you as your, you know, your walker. And and it's true. I, I didn't even really think about it until everybody started talking about it. But you were legit, like, the bloodiest, blood-soaked walker, like, just grotesque-looking thing that, like, we had like just uh, just covered man i mean you see you see that you see that infamous photo of you and mjs and him like you know uh, like that to you you know yeah, there's a lot of blood was close. you like it that was close and was just sitting on that for yeah. months i was waiting on that 
That's why right. I used that picture in the advertising mm-hmm. for the podcast because I was like, that's what I, when I saw that one on Getty, I was like, I'm using that one because that's <laughs> awesome. What I always explain is I feel like it can be hard if you if you're not on TV shows, but we flip the camera around, we move it to different locations. And because we knew that it was going to get so messy, we actually saved the wide for later, which is abnormal. Normally you start with the wide and work your way in. This way we actually did like mediums, close-ups on basically everybody but me at first, because I'm literally mostly on the ground. Um, and we finished there. We hadn't put blood or anything because we're like, he's going to be in this for hours. Let's at least make his life a little bit less mm-hmm. painful when he's doing this. Cause <laughs> it's a blast. I definitely was, I was like, and I'm good to go on this experience. I don't need to be a zombie one more time. Um, but I walk away, like go to craft or whatever. I come back and the floor is just covered in blood, guts everywhere. And I remember just turning to the crew. I was like, you guys are sick. Mother. <laughs> I don't know. Here. I probably yeah, no, yeah. No, please, please feel free. Everybody puts their kids to bed. He said shit. The New Yorker, it's, it's always going to be hard. Absolutely. Um, but uh, but uh, but no, I was just like, I mean, looking at this, and because you get the script of this, and I don't know why, in my naive head, I was like, oh, there's gonna be like a half a hand on the floor. I don't know why, but I, I, I just hadn't thought through it. It wasn't that I thought he was like a meat eater or something. I just didn't think about how much blood would be on the floor if you'd been eating a half masticated corpse for mm-hmm. <laughs> however long. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I got there, I was like, oh, that's what that looks like. And <laughs> the claim to fame that I will always hold on to is Norman Reedus coming in and just being like damn dude this might be the bloodiest zombie kill on the show I'm about to shed a tear lenses. yeah no, it, was, it was very beautiful i was like all right that can't ask for anything more that's cool um and we talked about it too on when we, when yeah. we played the camp and we we're on the stage yeah. and you know it's one of those things that not only did you have a a significant role in, in season in season 11 and and what happened you know i mean sebastian set set into event they're set into you know set in motion a lot of events yeah. that was bad um <laughs> but you know you also had one of the most memorable deaths and, and impactful deaths mm-hmm. and and what that did to a lot of different characters on the show and, and the way they the way that they all reacted was very different mm-hmm. and then you got to eat somebody yeah yeah i mean ask for yeah i mean you kind of hit the trifecta yeah yeah. And that guy had been on the first season of Ozark. So I was like, man, this is crazy. <laughs> Ozark now. This is so cool. Um, Crossover. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but no, and, and I will say, you know, this is also one of those things where it, it can be so hard as the actor to like take yourself out of your own arc, your own story, your own things, and like, and take a step back and be like, okay, what is this affecting? And I remember it, was, it wasn't until like later that I was looking at like other scenes, and like, because I would read the whole script. But kind of just going through it and like, okay, all right, what, you know, what are my scenes? How does it relate to the bigger picture? But then for the first time, reading and going, okay, how do my, like, how do other scenes get informed by my scenes? And realizing, like, oh, wow, this is a catalyst for a lot of, of stuff that we see, I mean, basically to the very, very end, which I, I you know, I think it was like a late development at which I'm like, oh, dang, all right. <laughs> you know, again, I was just glad to be here for three episodes and now we're, you know, having a pretty serious, uh, arc and you know the, how we're wrapping this entire thing up which goes back to the thing of like a show that's been on for 12 years a show that like i watched when i was sitting in a college dorm room mm-hmm. you know be like man that would be cool to be on <laughs> but then be on it and be yeah. like, helping to finish it is crazy it's nuts um, becky says she thinks that you know might we might have missed a window here where um 
you could have turned and we don't know, you could have been one of the smart walkers. And then mm. um, Pi jumped in and said that would have been a brilliant storyline, Sebastian the smart walker. And now Pi is going on and saying that, you know, this could become some kind of alternate storyline where Walker right. Sebastian was able to recognize Lance and then they just sat and chilled. <laughs> <laughs> just, just like a spinoff of those two. Just like, yeah. Just, you know, right? groaning around, you know, man. Favorite theories, and I, I feel terrible because I forgot who, who brought this up to me, but when, and this was, I think, before uh, the show had even wrapped or anything. And this was like, just, I mean, I'd finished my time, but they were like, you know what would be really interesting is if, because I know that uh, he's kept around by Pamela, if he's the one that kills Pamela. If like she had left him around in a room and then like mm -hmm. by happenstance or accident, she was thrown into the room. And now the thing that she's been working on protecting for so long, yeah. is mindless is just, you know, only got one load on his mind. Someone mentioned that. I don't know. Linda. Was it Linda saying yeah. that, uh, right there. oh, could have been so good if Pam was to be bitten by you, giving you like a goodbye kiss kind of thing, <laughs> you know, and you just kind of lunged and ripped her up. There was, and I think after the episode, um, somebody mentioned Pamela keeping you like the governor kept Penny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, which, I mean, again, I, I like I remember talking to Greg about that. That's so cool. Like, I just, I, again, I, like this is where like there's the fan part, right? Yeah, mixed which I guess they things. almost did because you were chained to a wall, and you know, you're just with Lance. It's nice always kind of, yeah, you know, it's basically the same kind of thing. It's one thing that we mentioned that in the last season and, and specifically the last episode, there was a lot of nods to older episodes, older seasons. And, you know, like I talked about, I love my, my favorite nod in the whole episode was Daryl putting the bed and destroy the hospital bed in front of Judith's room. Judith's room. And he was like, you know, you're going to be okay, Jude. And that reminded me of Shane doing it for Rick. You know what I mean? And then the same thing with, with, with you as a walker and Pamela, same thing, governor and his daughter. Yeah. And it just, I mean, there was like these really, really freaking cool nods. And I'm just, and I, I love the fact that Angela and Greg and, and, and all them were able to do that. I mean, that like just to pay homage to a show that had such an impact on so many people. Yeah. Well, and it's, what I keep saying is I equate it to like landing a plane. And it is not easy to land a plane that's been in the sky for 12 years. Uh, you know, we've seen it in plenty of very big season finales of shows that we really didn't like. I think there's more cases that I can think of where people don't like something than I find that they're like, oh, that was great. Mm -hmm. And I, I, so another thing is that I, the second I finished my part, I didn't read any more scripts. I was actually just like, I kind of want to see how this goes. So like even the finale, I had no idea how it went. I was just like, I was like, I just want to watch this. I mean, again, like I'm going to sit in the theater and watch this. I kind of want to watch this world. Um, and it was actually really like impressed because I know obviously they have to garner in the spinoffs and all this other stuff, but there are some massive TV shows out there that I have loved and I've been so upset with that finale and to pay homage to as many characters as they did to set up as many stories as they do and to still leave us feeling like, ah, like this world is, you know, we, we, we can, we can kind of close this book. Um, and obviously some people might be like, I wish I had this, I wish I had that, which is totally fair. Um, but I think when you look at the grand scope of how many shows, I'm like, I don't even want to look at this book anymore. <laughs> um, I, won't, I won't name names on shows, but there's, you know, some very big scale shows that I've, I've watched and loved and been very upset with the <laughs> final season. I, I was very vocal about thinking I was going to be totally upset with the ending of this series, but I was pleasantly surprised. <laughs> awesome. No, seriously. I mean, that, that, that's, I'm so happy to hear that. 
I was still embracing my emotion. I was like kind of uh, protecting yeah, my yeah. emotion. Like, you know? I, at least I can't be disappointed if I thought it was going to be bad. I didn't, I didn't want another Lost. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because I love Lost. That was like one of my favorite shows. Mm-hmm. And then the yeah, ending, yeah. and I was like, really? Really? That's where we're going with this? Okay. And I was so afraid of that happening, but I was glad it did not happen that way. Yeah, no, I mean, again, I, I was really, really impressed because I remember like, you know, watching up to the end, it's like, how do you do this? This is a lot of stuff in a rel- I mean, relatively short amount of time. And I, dude, like, I am also like, I was so nervous that we just weren't going to see any more major characters die. Yeah. And I was like, look, I know people are like sad about Christian and so on, but like, I'm so happy we got to see one more major character yep. die because yeah. it's immense in the thing that nobody's safe. Sure. And, and I love what Christian I, said about it at, at, at the finale. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, I think yeah. that was poetic and, and beautiful as, as any other death could have been and, and more, yeah. and, and more so. No, I mean, I, because again, I, I think on a show that has been built around anybody could die, it gets difficult when you start to get these fan favorites that it gets no because it it gets more and more difficult to be like all right anybody could die but mm-hmm. not this guy not that one. yeah yeah so to have them like be like even one last night be like nope that is still the case that is the show that like you know you've been consuming and if you've been consuming it from before that with the comic books like that's an aspect of it that you always gravitated towards yeah agreed yeah i and i mean i was always a big proponent like just like kill people just kill them you know what i mean yes. like yeah. piss off everybody kill someone that we all love you know what i mean like go ahead and do it because it's oh i mean i know a lot of people know the great divide is uh glenn yep Oops, absolutely yeah. that was what i was gonna say yeah i i like steve yoon is like one of my favorite actors from the show mm-hmm. i love glenn i joked with something where i was like if there was ever a spinoff i would want like go back in time and i'm a different character where i'm like a pizza delivery guy with him yeah with yeah right yeah <laughs> We use our pizza skills to like, you know, figure out how to survive. Um, yeah, prior to Glenn, they had a lot more guts than they, and they were, it, it was anybody could, I mean, like, yes. you know, that many times were shocked. I mean, yep. like, you know, Beth, I, I was not a fan of Beth at all, but yep. holy crap, what an emotional yep. to watch Daryl and Maggie and yep. everybody go through that. Yep. That was, that was great TV. I mean, that was incredible. But once Glenn, everybody went crazy. And then I think they just got very, you know, worried about the fan mm, reaction. Yeah, I know. I mean, I think it was a huge outcry, which the one thing that, like, something else I really have loved is how, from a very early point, the show kind of made it clear it's not going to be a direct mimic of the comics. Mm-hmm. It's going to follow them. And there might be points where we do the same thing, but there's also going to be plenty of points where we don't. Yeah. And so to leave off, you know, the season cliffhanger and everybody come up with their theories and mm. anybody from the comics vocally being like, well, in the comics, it's Glenn. <laughs> And then to do it in the way where we see it be Abram and be like, okay, oh, say that's how it happens in the comics. And yeah. there's a different character. And yeah. then to still do it that yeah. way. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like, I mean, again, I understand so many people are probably so pissed. I probably already lost Sebastian stands. That was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did. I did think that was a really cool way to keep everybody on their toes. Like, whoa, that, I mean, cause that's, that's the heart. Like, you know, that's, that's the beating heart and be like, how does this show go on? Right. And, you know, obviously, I think you know there are people that literally stopped watching at that point. But I do think yeah. there is also a realistic aspect to now watching these characters who, like, a part of their soul has been mm. there from day one that we just really thought must be in the same, you know, echelon as like a Rick and a Daryl. Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's you know so I mean obviously 
<clears throat> we're all sad because we have nothing to watch on Sundays anymore. Um, <laughs> unless you're yeah, unless you're a Yellowstone fan, yes, True. of course. Not everybody's into the Western thing. I, yeah. Have you had a chance to? No, I haven't. No? I, 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 when we finish this, I'm finishing the last episode of Andor. That's what I'm. I'm oh, nice. Right. Okay. All right. Dude, Respect for that. Oh, Andor is. So I, Rogue One is is my maybe my favorite Star Wars movie. I just I really love that direction and like yep. obviously I love the originals. Even the prequels, I I love that they are Star Wars. They do feel like <laughs> Star Wars. Um, Rogue One was just a really cool way to like differentiate like enough we can actually just you know keep playing with this universe it doesn't have to be about mm. the skywalkers about the light and the mm-hmm. dark it can just be about like how do you fight the resistance mm-hmm. um which now we're going to turn this podcast into one about my theories on Andor. <laughs> let's go part two starts <laughs> now we, we do we do a lot of pop culture we stuff do. so we're good like we 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 mix and match whatever we usually have a segment at the end where we talk about what we've been watching so i mean oh, you know cool. all right so you're good. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. I have to say, I was Rogue One. I know because we're on the topic real quick. You're good. I love the scene with Vader in the hallway, and you hear and you hear him, and you see the lightsaber and the smoke. Yes. Oh, yes. God. Yes. Oh my God. I feel like a kid watching the original movies all over again. <laughs> oh my God. It's also, I think it because it's one thing when you see this person always go up against somebody of vaguely equal power. Maybe they're a weaker Jedi, but they they can they can fight. Yep. And then see what it looks like when a bunch of troops who are going to be Utterly eviscerated, seeing zero percent chance of yep. success, and be like, "Oh right, that's that's who's the head honcho here." And how bad a situation had to be that he had to be brought in. Yep. Mm. Be like, "All right, the VP of marketing is is." is, is <laughs> so am so I am I wrong in thinking that it, or have you tried auditioning to get onto any of the uh, the Star Wars I spinoff? Get, I didn't get to get an audition for one of the Star Wars. Movies. Believe me, if I had that, that might be the 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 straw where I go back to like caring too much. I think I would just be. I, Star Wars is like one of my favorite things. Yeah. All right. So what we'll do is in May, if the Star Wars folks are back, yes, we'll we'll grab you. Yeah. And we'll, we'll have you met Emily Swallow? No, I haven't. Oh, she's phenomenal. And we'll be like, look, he would be a great addition to the Mandalorians. Yeah. 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 Throw him in a Mandalorian helmet. He could be your yeah. Mandalorian blacksmith apprentice. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You know. I would do that. I'm saying. Bang it into my head and like. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. I told you not to hit your head. If you're going to work on the helmet, take it off. Oh, you can't do that. Never mind. Steel is just too heavy. (laughs) We might have some connections. You know what I'm saying? You know, Let's push Orteo on Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Look, we know some people. We'll, right. we'll introduce you. <laughs> or you yeah, could be, you I'm could, like, be, we could talk to Doreen. We could get, you could be Cad Bane's assistant. You know what I mean? <laughs> or I mean, you can't. Well, he's dead. Yeah, yeah. true. Spoiler, yeah. shit. <laughs> Spoil it out long enough, damn it. Okay. One, one fan's like, I'm doing it. <laughs> I've been waiting for this. Second year it came out. Uh, that happens. So we always warn everyone. We're, we, mm. know, we, talk, we talk about things this yeah. many weeks after the, it course, starts. Course, it's free game. Sorry. Even on other people's constant shows. <laughs> the only thing we won't do is like with AMC Plus, like they would always release the episodes yeah. a week yeah. early. We would never talk about that because it's not fair to people who just, oh, uh, you know, you. don't want to pay for it or whatever. Um, but we will talk about everything that's like from today's date back. We will talk about anything that's happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, good on you. I know there was a lot of like having to like kind of jump over hurdles of like how to still, you know, have the community base, which is I, I think such a large part of, of Absolutely. Walking Dead yeah. is, is yeah. The, 
Monday, you know, Monday with a cooler is like talking about what happened on Sunday. And so then have, you know, a large swath of people not up to date. So mm-hmm. I mean, I, I like to applaud anybody who's like trying to find ways to work where that way. So maintain the, <laughs> the community interaction. Yeah. We just don't want to be those assholes that like spoil like mm-hmm. a major death for somebody or something. Yeah. And, uh, you know, cause yeah, that, yeah. That, that's shitty. I mean, I like, I, I'm a big Marvel fan yeah. and I, yeah. I loved, you know, like I, I unfortunately, uh, during Endgame, um, a lot of the major things that happened that were like surprises were spoiled for me. You know, Cap catching Mjolnir that was that was spoiled for me because of Reddit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's dangerous with that stuff. Yeah, it's, it's so dangerous with that. Stuff. I honestly, I like, I don't know how I did this, but I was like months behind Game of Thrones when Red Wedding happened. Oh wow! Okay. Like, didn't Ooh. have it spoiled. I what? Also, that my roommate at the time was like, "I'm sorry, wait, are you what? You you don't know what happens." Like, <laughs> you know, so, work to do but i'm gonna sit on this couch so, <laughs> so i got to the moment he just like stopped watching the tv and just looked, looked at, at you and i was like all right something was gonna happen oh, 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 oh my god <laughs> blown away but he was yeah he was there for a front, front one of the best episodes in that show oh, like hands down top oh, yeah. three scenes episodes I mean, especially considering that like the whatever the second last episode of the first season is is Ned Stark. It is a show that did an amazing job at like throwing a wrench into the plans. Mm-hmm. In, like, the second to last episode, notoriously. Yeah, yep. Yeah. I mean, you like, talk about them not like not not caring about, about, about killing who they kill. They give a shit. I mean, they, they, I mean, Ned Stark <laughs> early on for me was the big <laughs> one where I'm like, he's your main character, and they, they just one of the best. I mean, I think that's one of the it's one of the best endings to a season to yep. let me know what this show is going to be like. Absolutely. And I, yeah, I was, I was, I was hooked from that point on. Did you get to do any House of Dragons yet? Like watch it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. I'm fully, all right. Fully up to date. I'm fully up to date. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I was a big old fan of that too. Yeah. It actually goes back to the thing that I really loved with the with the early seasons of uh, Game of Thrones was also just how much it was like War of the Roses, very you know political entry oh, yeah. of house of, of like families like trying to vie for power. And it just happened to have dragons. Right, right. Something about that that I love that it was actually very grounded in like, you mm-hmm. know, reality. It just also happened to have a little bit of magic. Really yeah. cool dragons, yeah. And it wasn't like it wasn't like one variety of dragon. It was like no. multiple types of dragons, and which was so cool to see. More. Yeah, and there's, 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 there's more. even more. You know? And you had like you had like military strategists yeah. discussing episodes and be like, well, this is why the breach of Blackwater Bay was you know poorly thought out from the beginning. <laughs> Make it happen, but obviously the Tyrion Lannister was already coming with plenty of fire. Then it's all out the window. Exactly. And I'm just like, yeah, what kind of? I mean, you got to make a show that that you know can grab grab people. That, that mm-hmm. that's the response. You know, that people want to like unpack it that deeply. Yeah, I always love when they're in like the war room with the table and oh, yeah. the dragons, yeah. and there's just uh, castles. Do you want that table? Oh, <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I want it to be my dining room table. That's what I'm, I'm saying. Sorry, like, really. it'd be my dining room table. Would be amazing. <laughs> you know, Warhammer like, way back when. Like, like, oh, oh yeah, wow. yeah. yeah. I mean, but, like at some point you make a call. And you're like, I, I'm not ready to invest anymore. <laughs> this is the this is why I'm your own guy with adult money. This is why I should not be an adult with adult money. I made a terrible decision. I bought went out and bought Lego the other day. <laughs> Who was who's allowing me to do that? <laughs> that is a rabbit hole. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, the problem is like, so when I'm like back in New York, another thing I do, and honestly, like, just for money, but also just like because with acting, auditioning, it just it ebbs and flows. Like yeah. tomorrow, I have three voiceovers, mm-hmm. and then okay. probably I'm not gonna have anything else for the rest of the week. I mean, just especially as we're entering into uh, the the holiday period, mm-hmm. right. I babysit um, in the spare time. I genuinely just love 
kids. I love interacting and um, I'm babysitting a five-year-old and an eight-year-old and they are deep in Star Wars. Wow. And so we're just nice. sitting there. They're just like, we're just like having these like eerie offs and all this stuff where I'm just like, man, I've started watching uh, the Clone Wars, the animated show to like catch up with them because that's, the, you know, they're they're less interested in Mandalorian. They're like, he just talks. I'm like, oh, that's stupid. And Clone Wars. <laughs> Like all right, all right. So, yeah, it's it's the dangerous rabbit hole is just how much Lego they already have. Show off, yeah. God, no one likes a show off, right? You guys want that ATTE? I mean, I mean, you know, yes. Let's let's. It's yours. It's yours. It's obviously yours. <laughs> I can borrow it, right? Yeah, I can play with that still. <laughs> I've worked it into some scenarios multiple times. Right? I think an ATTE should drop into the battlefield now. Don't you? And they're like, no, we did that last time. I'm like, wow, I, but this, this could be different. <laughs> By the <laughs> way, I want to confirm that George Lucas said it could be an ATAT or it could be an at at. It could be either pronunciation. And there's really? a huge divide on the internet about it. But George Lucas came out and said it could be either. Do you think he did that to keep the peace? I to stop the divide. I, I think so. Yeah, I think he did it I mean, to stop there, the divide. There are some vitriolic fans, especially in the Star Wars universe. Out there. Mm. I have a friend who is is adamant that he goes, "No, it isn't that." At I'm like, "Well, it could be either because they're both capital." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, "Were you at the Battle of Hoth, man? <laughs> Were you there?" <laughs> cool. Man. Time and just. Chill, all right. <laughs> this friend would be the one guy standing underneath it, going, "No, that's an adat." <laughs> As he gets crushed. <laughs> oh, good. Um, so, I, well, I mean, I'm, we're talking about all this. So, and you're talking about you know doing voiceovers. Do you have anything? Is, is there like anything on the horizon for you that like you, that can, you can talk, talk about. that you can talk about? Um, so, I right after I finished Walking Dead, I did one episode of. Uh, this show, Fantasy Island, which is oh. remade from the 70s. Yeah. It's yeah. on Fox. Uh, so the new season premieres uh, the 2nd of January, and I'm in the fifth episode, uh, which should be like early February. It was a lot of fun. It's it's obviously a completely different show to yeah. anything like Walking Dead, but it was really cool because it was just, it was a nice way to like fully, you know, apart from Sebastian, my roots are in like improv and comedy. Mm -hmm. I do love that kind of stuff. And this was just a much sillier guy, and I love playing Sebastian, but it was actually kind of nice to be like, okay, I, I don't need to be a horrible human being. <laughs> you do it, you do it very well. You do it very well. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. No, it, again, blast, but you, it, it, you get a little, yeah, takes a toll. Um, and then I'm doing a voiceover for a video game, which, uh, so they're oh. doing, um, uh, I don't know if you ever played Brothers in Arms. It was like a World War II shooter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, which I played this way back in the day. They're doing like yep. remastered. Um, and when they originally did it, uh, it was the first game that uh, Gearbox had made. They didn't even use voiceover artists at this point. There was a lot of like the sound engineers from the company. Mm. And so they did a really cool thing. They reached out to a lot of them, like, would you be interested in this again or are you not? And almost every one of them was like, no, I, I did it because I didn't think our company would be around still. <laughs> but uh, now that, you know, you can get voice actors, I think you should. Uh, so getting to come in on that was really, really cool because this is like a game I actually played. Yeah. Um, and so, and we were talking before the break, but like I'm a huge World War II nerd, um, very into that stuff. So like, you know, got to like hit up my old voice and speech teacher from college and be like, I need to scream MG42 get down. Like, <laughs> 400 times and not lose my voice. I mean, I can work on that. And we did. And the thing is, like, especially in this era, um, 
Oh, voiceover. I'm going to show you. You can see that's the sound treatments in my closet. Oh, cool. Oh, okay. You can do a lot of it from home. Yeah. Um, so I literally went through my building, leaving post-it notes on people's doors and be like, hey, you can hear a lot of screaming. <laughs> Promise you everything's fine. The Nazis are not invading. Yeah. Are do not call the police. We're not hot. We don't have a Dahmer going on. You know, there's no yeah. Dahmer going on. Everything is good. Luckily, I have a good rapport with these people because like one people, person didn't know I was an actor. I was like, this is a very weird message to receive without knowing that you're an actor. <laughs> All you said is you're going to be doing a lot of screaming like you're in World War II. <laughs> Out of context. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there are a few lines of work where that's that's a note you're going to be leaving for your work. Um, but it was an absolute blast to do. And, you know, one that, like, you know, it, similar to getting to watch all of uh, – Walking Dead for work, getting to like go back and watch like Saving Private Ryan and episodes of Banner Brothers. Mm -hmm. like, this is for work. Yeah, that expense. Hoorah! It's called doing research. Which, while I was in uh, Georgia, I actually went to um, the training camp that the guys from Banner Brothers went to because it's in. Uh, oh, okay. It's not far. Uh, it's like only like two hours or something. Camp Tacoa. Oh, that's cool. Um, which I ran up Curry, um, which is a famous thing from the show. Yep. Certainly did not do as fast as those guys. Uh, <laughs> definitely, definitely realizing, you know, what it probably took to, uh, to jump out of planes from that. Right. I, I will let you know right now. I'm not, not prepared. Yeah. <laughs> if, if anybody's asking. If, if, if shit hits the fan tomorrow, how if shit if shit were to hit the fan tomorrow it, we got we you wake up and there is an actual zombie apocalypse happening how far how far do you make it Ooh, all right so i'm glad you asked that question that was a lot. yeah i think about I it every day I, when i was working at the restaurant job i had i used to always think oh, there's corrugated metal like things for like when we close down the shop Ooh, like this thing. We have a kitchen so much food as long as we can get a back generator the biggest thing that I always think about is what zombies are we dealing with? Mm -hmm. Are we dealing with like, you know, uh, World War Z zombies running up the walls of Jerusalem? Are we dealing with like Man. Walking Dead zombies before, before you know, being like variants? Mm -hmm. um, and if we're going the Walking oh, Dead man. variants, the one thing I always wonder is, that, and look, this changes a lot of things, but if, if the army doesn't fall completely, mm -hmm. everybody in New York City is living in a concrete town. Right. If I block off that first floor, I got two, three, four, five, six locked in. We right. got a group. The only thing is, it's a liberal ass city. There's no guns here. So <laughs> yeah. The backup. Yeah. If if I could, I, my theory is two things. One, if I like push comes to shove, I'm going around running around begging somebody who like owns one of those yachts in like Hudson, uh, like in the Hudson River. I'd be like, you got to take that boat and you just got to sail the channel. Or come north to us where we have guns <laughs> well, we are two hours away not even we yeah hour and a half hour and a half hour and a half no you're too far away no, no no you come an hour and a half north then we'll get a game plan and, and then, then we'll, we'll go come yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah once we get the beer in the truck then we'll all exactly <laughs> beer <laughs> guns road trip you send me your address so I have it in my like contingency backup plan. <laughs> Not a problem. My other theory is my buddy uh, is uh, from Colorado. His dad is a huge gun owner, and I'm like, mountains, guns, mm -hmm. we're set. Yeah, we're just gonna go up somewhere high, post up for a while. Yeah. My husband's a good. My husband's a prepper. I mean, he's got, he's really? got a lot of stuff. 
I lived in New York City. I'm just, yeah. I mean, I, I think that there's a lot that I've thought through. I think at the end of the day, I would just be one of the millions that was just like, oh, man, why did I do this? <laughs> Pi says you don't need a gun. You just need a shovel. You can kill the zombies and then dig the holes. Multi-tool. You need guns for the people. Yeah. It's not for the comfortable lockers. A buddy of mine had a dream where he was like, like he was in the apocalypse, but now it was whatever, like eight months later. And he was sitting in a car. He's also an actor. And in the dream, he was having this moment. I was like, man, I'm like, I'm an actor. Like, there are doctors in this community. There are former military in this community. What, what purpose do I serve as an actor? Like, this... We're so screwed, man. Like, why do I do this? And to have that like deep of a of a thought while you're dreaming, and then wake up and be like, "Man, how am I doing emotions?" <laughs> if in my zombie apocalypse dreams, I'm questioning my life decisions as an actor. He's like, mental mental hygiene check. I checked. Fuck. I, I, I serve a purpose. I swear. Oh my goodness. Yeah, no, that's always a fun question to ask, especially, you know, because you guys are on the show and you, you know, yeah. what kind of experience would you take from the show? You know, kind of there's, stuff. There's but. plenty of actors who like, I don't this isn't like poo-pooing or anything, but like plenty of actors like, oh, you know, I, I didn't really know much about the show before they got on or, you know, or like, because like, I'd ask that to be like, would you survive? And they were just like, no, it's made up, right? It's like, <laughs> so, <laughs> could be, could be not made up. Yeah. One yeah. time will tell. But yeah, I've, I've thought through this. There was just a news article that the was it the French just dug up. Always the French. The, the exactly. French just. French, the, yeah, I posted the article in our group chat. They oh, yeah, they yeah, dug yeah. up like some yeah. virus or bacteria yeah. from like fifty thousand years ago. Yeah. yeah. Permafrost. Yeah. yeah. That's not as I'm like, oh great. They're like, yeah, potential zombie, you know, virus found. I'm like, what? Why? How, how do we know what zombie virus? Yeah, it's <laughs> a nice sign of the times where I'm, I'm, I believe that's like more likely of a news article than like world peace has been achieved. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys dug up, <laughs> you guys dug up 50,000 year old zombie virus. Okay. All right. It's in the permafrost. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then we lost it. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So if you, if you see a vial. Like, please don't open anywhere. <laughs> that, that's like the article you see float around every once in a while. I forgot if it's like Korea or Japan or China, you know, one of these countries that does a lot of scientific research. And they were trying to come up with ways to resurrect woolly mammoths, right? And they're talking about using elephants because elephants are a very close relative and, and, and implanting them with, with, a, with a viable embryo of a woolly mammoth and doing it that way. And it's just like, it's like, you want Jurassic Park? That's how you get Jurassic Park. <laughs> I, we have this movie. My screen has a, um, well, let me go oh, this way. That way. There you go. There we go. Oh, Can you right. read? Uh, hold on. Yeah. Can you read that? Too shiny. Scientists. Uh, wait, zombie, scientists revive zombie viruses stuck under Siberian permafrost for 50,000 years. Yeah. Yeah. Those of you listening at home. Yeah. Uh, we're all doomed. Yeah. yeah. We're all doomed. <laughs> I'm just like. So, yeah, it says the microbes, if released into the world, would pose a significant danger to public health. Like, <laughs> so we found it. Now we're worried. Now we're going to announce, like, oh, hey, by the way, <laughs> if you were to just release this somehow. <laughs> so, man, it was like, man, how do you feel like living in New York City knowing that that's one of the first places to be nuked? Yeah. Good. I don't want to survive that thing. Are you kidding me? <laughs> what, 
what are you going to do? But you're going to be sitting in a bunker for hundreds of years. I'm going to like look at that light and make a silly shape with my shadow. <laughs> You'd be like Curry Cruz on Tales of the Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, no, call it right here. No, absolutely. No, no reason. No reason. I'm going to go hang out with the roaches because apparently they're going to survive. Yeah, right. Whatever yeah. they're at Twinkies and Woody Harrelson. Yeah. And you get to, you get to name all of them. It's so much fun. Right. <laughs> Uh, let me see. Becky says she's glad to hear you coming back to the camp. Yep. Becky is, of course, one of the volunteers. Yeah, Becky's the one of the volunteers there. Yep. Yeah, she was uh, with with Josh. She yep. was uh, Josh's uh, volunteer. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. Becky, yeah. Becky with the ten of tomatoes in the garage. The garage, yeah. garage. Yeah, ten of tomatoes. And um, <laughs> and I did see that you're going to be in Philly or the New York area on the 16th. Um, I mean, contact us. We'll let you know what we could pull off and do. Yeah. Um, Tiffany popped in. Tiffany is from Chicago or Illinois. Sorry, she's from Maybe, Illinois. Yeah, she's in yeah. Illinois. She's yeah. not from Chicago. She's in, you know, she, I say that because she's a Bears fan like me. So it's like it's like when we tell people we're from New York and they're like, "Oh, how's the city?" I'm like, "I avoid it at all costs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm upstate." <laughs> um. Let me see. Fantasy Island. Oh, so <laughs> Pi is happy because she saw the Fantasy Island advertised. So she's gonna watch. She's awesome. gonna. She's gonna watch you. That's very cool. That's in Finland too. They advertise them, so that's good. That's great. Also, that's how you know it's good. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be nice to vicariously live through that while you're in the middle of Finnish winter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, my father lives in the far, far south of Sweden, but that's still. I mean, like you know, several hours of sunlight in the winter time. I was gonna say, is it ever not winter in Finland? Yeah, right. <laughs> If you get up far north enough, it's that thing where like you truly get like days of darkness, mm. days of wow, both in Sweden and Finland. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, I think Brian's gonna be able to speak to this much better than I can. But even my experiences in the far south of Sweden in the winter time, I was like, God dang. <laughs> <laughs> I thought New York winters were bad. <laughs> oh, well, because it's like it's about the same temperature. Mm. It's just there's got to be at least another couple hours in New York. Yeah, it's like it's a weird thing where like longitude or whatever, we're on the same plane as uh, Rome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Sweden's like way further than that's at the top. Yeah, I mean it's weird. For, it's weird for... this, yeah, she had two days of summer this year. It was wonderful. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. It's bad oh enough for my, my seasonal depression with it. You know, oh. I, I I work I work eight a to five p Monday through yeah. Friday, and getting out of like going into work, it's still like not dark, but it's like you know it's yeah, not it's white, like, yeah. <laughs> and. Then going like go like leaving work and not seeing the sunlight, and then it's pitch black again outside. I'm like, well, this is depressing. Do yourself a favor, don't move to Sweden. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a great country, lovely human beings, well-adjusted people, which makes no sense. Right, <laughs> they're very resilient. I would imagine it's very similar in Finland, um, yeah. but I don't know how. Yeah, weird thing, but like in history, like I mean, there's like, nomadic boards are moving up north. And you just didn't think to turn around? (laughs) (laughs) It must have been the summertime. It must have been the best dang summer you've ever experienced. Like, oh, my God. (laughs) This place is going to be really nice in about a thousand years. (laughs) Once global climate change hits, this is going to be awesome. This will be our time to shine. Uh, and I think Pi's like seven hours away from an airport too. She's like literally yeah, in the middle. Very remote, yeah, yeah, very remote. We have to airdrop her food. You know, and then we send her a care package. Some drones just die. <laughs> it's like the Hunger Games where they drop the parachute, the, like little yeah. white parachutes. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, that is my theory. To, to the, what she said that we're not getting. 
They didn't know what oh, they were getting themselves into. Yeah, she said that's my theory too. Yeah, they didn't know what they were getting themselves into. So yeah, she's on board with that. Yeah, no, I mean, again, like great places. Like I, I mean, whenever I get over to Sweden, which I try to do in the summertime for obvious reasons, uh, it's I, I, I genuinely love it up there. Like I, I love the culture. I love the people. Um, there's, there's always. I think there's always time. Like, move here and i'm like no there's no i mean like for my industry there's right yeah. obviously but like it wouldn't be the same yeah um and then i'm also like man this is great right now while it's you know august mm-hmm. i don't know if i'm gonna feel the same way <laughs> <laughs> by september 1st <laughs> yeah. and i'll take my phone <laughs> uh, oh and she fell too. Yeah. well december 6th is finland's independence day yep. so she's yes I know my Finnish history. That's very uh, cool. Yeah, and it's from my, uh, what three o'clock in the morning there right now. I think. Yeah, probably. This is a committed, committed family. Oh, they yeah. are. Yeah, all of our. Yeah. You, yeah, you got Linda and and Pi and Lucy, and they they yeah they get on at ungodly times to watch. Yeah, and listen. Right. I yeah. did uh, one of my like final papers in high school on the Winter War, mm. um, which is the war that Finland fought with the Soviets, like in the middle of World War Two. And it's basically like the reason they joined the Nazis was just to keep fighting the Soviets. Like completely, you know, the different protocol. They just were like, "All right, you're, you want to fight the Soviets? Let's do this thing." Um, but those are those are some hard, hardcore mo- motherfuckers. Man, I I will say right now, don't invade Finland. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> doesn't end well. I'm sure. Yeah, she she so someone said, "Pi, you must be exhausted." And she said, "What is sleep anyway? It's dark out no matter what." So <laughs> she's not wrong. She's not wrong. Uh, exactly. I, I'm gonna come up there. We'll take an ice bath together. It's there you go. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> uh, do you enjoy pie? Do you like pie over cake? Mm, that's a nice segue. I respected that. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't like pie for the longest time. Mm. I was I was also the pickiest eater in the world. I mean, right. I'll tell you. Be like no, I like you know pasta. I like bagels, I like mm. sandwiches, and she's like those are all bread. But okay, uh, <laughs> uh, so I would say for the longest time it was cake, but pie has made a comeback. I got pie. there's, there's <laughs> pies out there. Yes. <laughs> so pie's very happy. She said, "Oh yes, let's discuss this." <laughs> no, I, I, I feel like we're, we're going to have hours of discussion in, in a hutta somewhere in the north. Yes, he, he's she. So pie, there you go. He's a fan of pie. Pie. What's your favorite type of pie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you had any of Cooper's cobbler? I actually didn't. No. I was a little oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> apparently, he. Well, he's doing it again he in May made, at the camp. Apparently, camps, so. he made like an. Yes. Like trays. Trays. Yeah. At the camp, we were doing like viewings of episodes with like mm-hmm. fans. And Cooper's oh, was the one right before mine, and they were clearing out, and I'm seeing all these empty containers of pie, and I was just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. "Piece of pie." It was funny. A little little crotchety during that uh, that viewing. Like, <laughs> we, Great episode. Wish we had pie. <laughs> <laughs> we did our we did our panel with him and okay. And so we asked him, we're like, you know, like, how many trays of cobbler, oh, cobbler did you make? And he's like, well, I made, you know, blackberry cobbler. I made peach cobbler. I made blueberry cobbler. I made blackberry blueberry, blueberry oh. cobbler. And he starts listening to, like, these weird concoctions. He's like, all right, Bubba. Gump. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm like, how many trays did you make? He goes, I don't remember. Yeah. I got to yeah. tell him, though, on the, you know, in May, he needs to bring cobbler to the panel. Mm. Yeah. 
So then we can actually, I, you know, I've, I've only had cobbler once and it was in, I think, Chicago or Jersey. Yeah. I saw him when yeah. he, he would hand out cobbler. Oh, that's right. That's right. He had like, like raspberry cobbler yeah. thing that we had. It was really good. So Chicago, I think it was. Think that's it where was. he did the arm wrestling contest, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Maybe I'll hand out like, just like spurts of blood from the neck. Was, like, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Or, or, or coin. If you, really, if you really want to. You could do a little coin trick from your head. <laughs> if you really want to screw them, just get some store-bought cakes. And start handing those out, <laughs> <laughs> or you could, or you could have tea, tea with Teo. Oh, yeah, oh, I like it. See, yeah. I'm saying it sells itself. You know, yeah. can we have pie too, though? Yeah, we can have pie. All right, yeah, all right. Well, tea and pie. We'll, we'll get into this in our pitch meetings. So. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> we'll bring it back to Casey and Oscar. I'm sure. I'm sure they'll, they'll, they'll buy it. They'll yeah. buy it. Let's do whatever we want. Right? <laughs> Look, we were talking with Teo. We have a great idea. You just yeah. listen. Yeah. <laughs> just make it happen. Uh, speaking of that, though, uh, you know, I, it's been almost two hours. Uh, it flies. I, it does. I appreciate you being here through this whole thing yeah. with us. Um, and we know you want to go and finish Andor, so like, we'll wrap. <laughs> we'll wrap. We'll wrap this up. I don't want to deprive you of that yeah. because it's. Yeah. We'll, we'll wrap this Phenomenal. up. And, uh, Very quickly, as, as a fellow Swede, Stellan Skarsgård, who's, who's like the head of the rebellion in there, is just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I haven't really watched Chernobyl, but I'm just I'm obsessed with that guy. And yep. God, my God, I'm not even. Do yourself a favor. Just watch those. It's so good. All right. There you go. Yeah. Right from right from Tio's mouth to, to, <laughs> to your ears. Um, and if you watch them, I'll do my Stellan Skarsgård impression for you at some point. Okay. Oh, I like that. All right. All right. So, well, I mean, May is coming, so. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, maybe maybe this is the moment. Yeah. Let's play it there. I think so. Winter's yeah, coming, so is May. Winter is I'll coming. See him in, I'll see him in January, though. Oh. Maybe him and I will be here. Show off. Yeah. All right. Miss, I moved to Georgia and get all the fun. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Renee's got enough property. We could just go build a house I next know. door. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, I said you got a property. We'll just build a house we'll next to you. That's all. We'll yeah. be like the three little pigs, you know, building little <laughs> huts on your property. <laughs> We've got like two, almost three acres. See, there we go. We got plenty of room. Yeah, you know, put a little hut on there for us. You could move into the downstairs guest room, and I wouldn't even know you're here, really. So. <laughs> <laughs> Talking to a new a New York City native, my like guest room is my closet. <laughs> yeah. I get an old Southern home, so it's large. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. I'm all those videos on like Facebook and stuff like that, where like the guy walks around New York City, and he's like, "Stop, stop renting people." Uh-huh. Excuse me, how much money? How much month do you uh yeah. you pay a month in rent? He's like, "Oh, twenty six hundred dollars." Can I see your apartment? That's like a broom closet. It's like, oh, all right, yeah, it sounds about right. All right. Yeah. Are you yeah. in New York City year round, or what do you do? You go? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, my mom, uh, my mom was one of those brilliant and smart and lucky people that like bought like an artist loft in like the Lower West Side mm-hmm. before it was the Lower West Side. Gotcha. Um, and I mean, you simply cannot do that anymore. Yep. But, um, her dad gave her like a loan of literally like twenty k and put it together. And, I mean, it's it's nuts. Yeah. Um, so I will say also, I had like a very lucky childhood where I had like a relatively good amount of space for an apartment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you come see it and it's just like Sebastian's life and you're like, oh wow, he wasn't acting, he was just being himself. <laughs> the upper west side. The upper west side guy. <laughs> to a lot of people that makes no sense, but if you're from anywhere yeah, in New York, right. near New York City, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but yeah, so I've just always loved it. And I mean, you know, there's always moments where I'm thinking about like moving other places and so on, but I, I'm a crotchety New Yorker at heart. 
Mm. <laughs> yeah. Us <laughs> too. We complain about the weather and everything else, but at the same time, we'll never leave. We love it. Exactly. 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 Taxes. <laughs> I've, got, I've got a friend that they, they came from somewhere over in the West Coast, and we were going from Grand Central to um, to Madison Square Garden, and we said, you know what, we're running late. Let's just let's just walk it, and so we did. And it's 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 not not a short no. not a short walk. Decent walk. Yeah. It's decent. And so we're, I mean, we're like literally in, in crosswalks and, and they kept, my friend kept stopping. It was like, we have to stop. I'm like, no, we don't. No, no we no, don't. No, 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 and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, let that taxi hit me. They're going to keep inching up until they create enough of a wedge to drive through. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then the next group just goes. I said, that's how, that's, that's the life, the circle of life yeah. in New York City. Dude, you don't you bike in New York City, man. I don't. I don't, I don't know how people do that. You don't defensive drive in New York City. You have to offensively yes. drive in New York City. <laughs> Aggressively <laughs> drive. Yeah. I've never been to New York City. So what? I just don't know. I've never been. And I just hear all these stories. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to go to New York City person. Yeah. I, I hear you. It is, it is a really cool city. It is. Yeah. New York City is beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. I think there are just some amazing parts from like some of the best museums in the world. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, as silly as it is, almost no matter where somebody comes from, I tell them to go see the Natural History Museum. I just yeah. think it's like such a cool one. Um, obviously, the Met. Like, there's these amazing sites that you're like, oh right, there's a reason this has been in so many movies and TV shows. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it does have that. It is nine million people in a yeah. yep. space. So there is that. I have to say though, I was actually down in the city in Times Square during COVID. I mean, like, like height, yeah. like yeah. peak of yeah. onset of COVID, yeah. and that was one of the surrealest feelings in the world because I remember it being a kid, and and, and Times Square was, I mean, shoulder to shoulder people. Yeah. It was packed. It was. Street performers, it was everybody you could imagine. And, and then peak of COVID, and there's nobody. Yeah, yeah. There's cops, there's there's like EMTs, that's it. Yeah, no, it was it was bizarre. Yeah. Um, the last thing, and I promise that I will leave you, but I, no, I just have to make my gripe about this, but New Yorkers get a bad rap. We are not mean people. We are not. We're actually some of the nicest people. I'd say the biggest difference is we're impatient. Mm. If you ask for directions or ask for help, I have yet to see an example where a New Yorker won't stop. They just need you to be with them and follow them where they're going. Sure. If you need to go upstairs, you see, you know, women with like strollers, um, and there's always somebody who's there who's trying to help, all that kind of stuff. I'm a, I'm gonna throw a lot of that Absolutely. shade on me on the LA bunch. Those are the mm. guys who will stab you in the back. <laughs> stab you in the chest. I should tell you why we did. Yeah. Yeah. Don't give me that. <laughs> yeah. You know what it is too, that you gotta move, like you said, you gotta move at the speed of the person because yeah. New York, and I have experiences just going down south a few hours. Like mm -hmm. the way that we operate, the way that we do things, we talk quick, we move quick. Like we <laughs> yeah. we're decisive. We know you know what we're doing, what we're gonna do. And I mean, it's like it's just you have to gear yourself down. You know what I mean? In like other areas, it's like whoa, oh, this is yeah. how they this is this is how they operate. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> I was like, all right, don't cross the street. <laughs> remember that. Yeah. Um, and people are like coming up like, hey, how are you? And like, love me? You love me? <laughs> you put your hands up. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't do it. What do you want? Just give me my wallet. Trying to mug me is crazy, man. <laughs> That's like about a tour. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine. Um, all right. Well, we will. Um, yeah. We're gonna let you go. Enjoy your night. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Same to you guys as well. 
to our uh, Finnish brothers and sisters and other people across the pond, thank you for staying up so late and listening in. Uh, you're crazy. We love you for it. Absolutely. Um, and hope that we can all uh, meet in person again soon. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we know we will. Um, we got to get some of these people from uh, overseas to to yeah. come across the pond and come have some fun. Yeah. yeah, so it's a blast. It really is. Yeah. yeah, and you as well. I mean, obviously, you have a great time at this new event coming up too in January. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, seeing some of you guys there. Uh, very excited to see as it transpires and everything. Yeah. But again, also seriously, thanks for having me on. This was so so lovely. Um, as I've said so many times, you know, the show has meant so much to me. I know it's meant a lot to a lot of other people, but it's such a blast to still just be kind of reliving it and talking about it and just decoding it so yeah so thank you for what you guys do as well no thank you Taylor. Oh, appreciate it. Yeah, thank you appreciate so much it. all right ladies and gentlemen uh we all bid you a good night be safe um you know keep the peace and we will talk to everyone maybe next week sometime. i don't think we have anything concrete for next week but we will keep you guys updated yeah. so make sure you follow us on our socials and that way we can let you know when we we'll have back. lots of potential coming up so we'll get those we'll be announcing as soon as we can that's right we don't know if they'll measure up to 10 or not but we'll see we're gonna try you always you want but you know it's like porn stars right the show you always want to start you want always want to start up top and you meet in the middle you know what i mean all right all right well thank you sir thank you thank you so much bye guys Bye-bye. Hey. Renee, Chris, and Ryan going live. Best podcast, Beauty and the Beast. Sit back and catch a vibe. Oh, yeah, we talking zombies and apocalypses and all those things you like. Going beast mode, and if you didn't know, it's Peter Z up on the mic. Hey, TWD family, grab the snacks about the pantry. And subscribe and like them if you can, please. Or those walkers eat you like some candy. Hey, hey, <laughs> okay. You at the right place at the right time. No one does it better. That's the bottom line. Beauty and the Beast. This is prime time. Let's go.